0: black oni this is solid snake and you are now listening to the black oni podcast so pay some damn attention damn
1: and we are live everyone welcome to well everyone's frozen right now though hold on let's see if we can fix that
2: uh i'm not we're not frozen anymore
1: okay good All right. (laughs) So welcome to today's show, everyone. Uh, It feels good to be back here doing this podcast. Uh, I'm really excited for today's episode for so many reasons. Uh, But before we get to all those reasons, I want to give some shout out to people who are chatting right now in the live section. So I'm going to be available on Spotify and all the other podcasting apps as well as YouTube and all that good stuff. So For anyone who's missing it now, you'll be able to hear it later. Um, But with that said, shout out to Always Lozing, Arctic Wolf, Nightmare Gorilla, and everyone else who's lurking. I don't want to say any names of anyone lurking because I know the whole point is for you to not. So um, beyond that, I wanted to formally introduce uh, our two other guests on today's show. So one is someone you've seen before on the Black Only Podcast many a times, which is The Audio Lover.
0: Hey, what's up, y'all? It's the Audio Lover. How y'all doing? Uh, just living organism, vibrantly expressing reality. A uh, YouTuber, a Twitch streamer, a personality broadcaster. Um, I like my PS5 video games as well as a couple of other games as well. And looking forward to talking everything Stargate with you guys
1: on Twitter. Yes. I saw your banner uh, had Stargate on it too. So I was like, all right, he knows what's up. <laughs>
2: oh, really? Yes. Oh, yes.
1: I think y'all going to get along just fine. <laughs> um, and where can people go to find your content?
0: Yeah. So you could find me everywhere at the audio lover that is on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, specifically YouTube and Twitter. You are going to definitely find me heavily on there. Um, I dip and dabble on Twitch from time to time. I'm trying to get my presence a little bit more known on that as well. So definitely there.
1: Yes. Make sure you all go follow him if you haven't already done so. He's an awesome content creator and someone who um, always brings a heat when it comes to these conversations when we have on the podcast. So I'm excited to have him here and our special guest of honor. Cypher of Tear, tell us a little bit about you and where people can find you.
2: Uh, You can find me everywhere at Cypher of Tear, C-Y-P-H-E-R-O-F-T-Y-R, my channel on the D&D official channel for Black Dice Society on Thursday nights, and uh, over on Rivals Waterdeep, we come back for our 13th season on May 29th at 12 p.m. Central.
1: excellent. Excellent. And once again, make sure you go follow Tanya cipher of as well. Uh, known her for a long time. And um, I think this is the first time we've had her on the podcast. We've done other stuff together before, but haven't had you on the podcast, if I remember correctly, right?
2: No, this is the first time.
1: First time. Hopefully we'll see you again here uh, as well. But, <laughs> you know, this is uh, exciting because it's the 100th episode. It's the first time we're trying out a new format, which is focusing less on just gaming and more on general life, whether it's updates on things that are going on with our lives or issues that are going on uh, with the world, you know, things like uh, the war in Ukraine and the, um, the recent Roe v. um, It's been really. Roe v. Wait. Yes, yes, yes. Roe v. Wade. It's been really weird lately because i feel like all this stuff is just happening at once and yeah, yeah. I, I can't even like keep up with my own i can't keep up with everything for real like with gaming life and just like technology and all the things that are going on it, it's just a lot so as we go into our interview, I wanted to ask a uh, question, which is our icebreaker. Yeah. And I wanted to know from the two of, from everyone actually in chat, but as well as from, from y'all too, what your favorite podcast to listen to is and why? And I see you got, um, I see you got something here already. So maybe we should start with you, Tanya.
2: Oh sure! I was just like, are we gonna do the midwestern polite thing where we go, you, no you, no you. <laughs> uh, uh, my friend Eugenio Vargas has a D and D podcast called D and D: The Last Refuge. Uh, I'm terribly behind, forgive me, Eugenio if you're watching. Um, but he's such a great storyteller, and you can tell everyone his friends and they have fun together. Yeah. Um, so. So it's good, and it's like you—you you would think I'd be tired of D and D with as much as I have to do it as a job. Yeah, but but you know, when someone's a good storyteller and and everyone's having a good time, it's it's always fun to listen.
1: Yeah, I agree, and that is something that I try to be careful of when it comes to like games in general. Is like streaming and then like playing on my own and then like playing with my wife. I don't wanna get tired of either of those things because it can happen pretty easily. Like, all right, I've been playing literally all day for nine hours. Gonna go play some more after.
2: Nah, nah. <laughs> I, I have to have a cutoff. I gotta have a cutoff.
1: Yeah. What's your cutoff hour? How how many is it before you're like, all right, I'm done?
2: It depends on the game. It okay. really does. Like, cause there I have one VOD where I played the Sims for like nine hours. And then later I was like, how did nine hours get away from me? Okay. I guess I really like, I was feeling the Sims that day and here we are.
1: Yeah. What about you, audio lover? Uh, what is your cutoff time for streaming? And then what is your answer to the podcast question?
0: Oh, my cutoff hour for streaming is like three, three oh, hours. Okay. That, that's all you're getting from me. really.
1: <laughs> um, yeah,
0: I mean, I, I know I could go more, but like I got the kids and just there's so much things going on so it's like i could never do more than three and the kids not say they're hungry (laughs) to feed them or um i just got to do other things in the house or whatever so like that that three is like max like that's me pushing it for real for real yeah um as far as the podcast question i don't listen to podcasts that much but when i do there are like two that I really go to a lot. Uh, One is the African Folk Tales podcast. Okay. Uh, And that one's just like me, like really trying to learn more about, you know, African roots and things like that. Uh, The other is um, Three Black Halflings, which is a podcast about the Wagadu Chronicles. Um, They're um, it's it's a three-person podcast and they basically do a D setting for uh the Waggadoo Chronicles. Um it's something that I recently um did a kick uh you know um did my Kickstarter for or uh Donated you know, for it. Yeah, yeah. Donated. There we go. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Yeah donated the Kickstarter for and pledged. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um words escape me. Yeah, but um <laughs>
1: Words are hard. Hey, you know, listen, uh, I'm about to grab some wine tonight. So, I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> words are going to be real hard in about 15 minutes. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, that's
0: that's one that like because i never done D.
3: yeah,
0: so I have no clue, but I just because it was you know based on African folklore and those kinds of things, and I've really been more into, because of my Haitian background, just wanting to know more about Western Africa and then our lineage and the voodan and the Orisha, all that stuff. So that's, I listened to that just to get, that's why I listen to those two mainly.
1: Okay. That's yeah. cool. Uh, for me, my cutoff time for streaming. Um, <laughs> so I'm, uh, I have to stream a lot Uh, in general. Uh, so mine is kind of like after the, after the seventh hour of streaming, mostly I'm just like, all right, I've not only had to eat twice during the stream, but like, I'm also tired, like around that time. I'm like, it's time to just stop.
0: (laughs) So I commend you both for doing like anyone who's able to do those long streams, those long seven, nine hours. And yeah. 12 hours, 24 hours. Oh, no, like,
2: 12, okay. can't do 12 no more. <laughs> yeah. 12 uh, is no.
1: pushing it
2: <laughs> now. I'll, I'll see some people where it's like, you ever had the one stream where it's like, you get up and they're on and then you're like, okay, I'm about to go hit this. Hey, I'm about to go do whatever. And they're still on. <laughs> and I'm like, how, how have you not moved from this chair? Yeah. Yep.
0: I got a couple of friends like that <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that used to be me. <laughs>
2: I know. Like <laughs> you'd be on late at night. I'd get up and you're still on and I'm like, uh, only but what, what you doing?
1: Let me tell you something. I used to <laughs> I used to get sick sometimes because like I was just I was just up too late before going to work. So like I would have to get up at seven or eight o'clock, depending on the day. But I wouldn't have gone to bed until 2 a.m. the oh. day before. So like I used to do that. All the time, and like when I had the full-time job, which we'll talk about some like you know life job stuff later, I was just burning burning out so hard, and um advice for anyone trying to get into streaming, just pace yourself, please <laughs>
2: please yep because you can't get them hours back <laughs> no, you can't
1: cannot but. I'm excited for these next uh, hours because we get to we get to immerse ourselves in learning a whole bunch of things about you, Tanya. Uh, a lot of this stuff I know some of it. No. There's a lot of stuff that I don't know, and I assume that people watching also are curious about some of this stuff too. So, uh, oh, and,
0: no. <laughs> I'm I'm curious about one thing and. Particular, and I'm kind of mad at you about it, Oni. So we're gonna go
1: touch base. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We
3: just started. How you been already?
1: <laughs> like, I have my reasons. Yeah. I mean, do you want to be know. the one to ask the question then?
0: No, no, no. no we, you should. When, when the question comes around, well, we could ask. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Because, like yeah. I said, I, I just got into D and D, like just being about it. Yeah. Um, and then specifically, you know, what. With more people of, of our skin complexion, you know, with the melanin. That melanin, you know. Um, you know. So I found out a particular someone uh, was doing a Kickstarter. But, you know, and then one of my friends were involved in that Kickstarter.
2: <laughs> I but, see where this is going.
0: But this is during the time, I don't know if you remember, Oni, when I said, you know, I I, I left the internet. Because I was studying. Yes. 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 So I didn't know a Kickstarter was even happening.
1: Well, in my <laughs> defense.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna just sit here with my Canada dry.
1: Hashtag <laughs> not sponsored yet. <laughs>
0: wow. I mean, you know, because I would have definitely I would have definitely supported.
1: Uh you know, there'll be Got opportunities, it. I think. Uh, you know, once with... I hope, I hope. I can't say nothing because I don't know nothing, but maybe mm. you know there's more to tell. Cypher P
2: Okay. (laughs) You wanna just talk about do you just wanna talk about motherlands now or later? And I like sci-fi.
1: Yes, you do. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it as like a a follow up to one of the other questions. Okay. Um Alright, so let's start let's 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 bring it back. And let's start all the way from the the the, basically the very beginning.
2: Oh my god.
1: Tanya, what, what is your favorite game or game genre and then how does that contrast to the first game or genre that you were like obsessed with like growing up playing games
2: um well for me it's it's rpgs like western rpgs i like you know i like jrpgs but i've always been more of like a a western rpg person and not like spaghetti western like you know made it outside of japan western
3: yeah
2: um because i like long-form narrative i like games where i can go back and get different outcomes and uh, i know it's gonna be a fight because there people on the internet feel a way about it but my favorite game ever is dragon age 2 okay um because it's one of the few games where narratively the npcs have their own lives yeah they they're not always like just chilling wherever you leave them waiting for hawk to come back Like, when you walk around with them, they talk about stuff they've done without you. They, like, go have card nights, they go date, they go do whatever. They're just like, deuces, I ain't waiting for Hawk all day.
1: Exactly. You know, I never... um, You're gonna hate me for this. I think I told you this and I said I would fix it, but... I I never played Dragon Age 2. I won't hate you. Well, I've
0: I've never played it either. Um, I live vicariously through you when I watch you play Inquisition. Yeah,
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah. I'd be lurking in there just watching you play Inquisition or or The Witcher. But like, I because li- I have Inquisition and I have played a little bit of that, and I just feel like there's a lot of like you need a lot of dedication for this game. Yeah, like that's how I feel about yeah. Inquisition.
1: So like.
2: Oh, Inquisition is like, well, I live here now.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I really enjoyed Inquisition. And I feel, I say you'll hate me because like, I feel bad that I didn't play the second one because I heard the combat wasn't as good, but the story was really good. So.
2: But you know what? That's stuff you got to find for yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: What so, did you play that on? If If I would ask.
2: Uh, I played the first two games. Well, I played all of them on PC. Huh? I played Inquisition on all three consoles. Because I'm a nerd. And I actually just uh reinstalled Inquisition on the PS5 the other day and found a save that I thought was gone. It's it was in the oh. cloud. Ooh. So I went back cloud. and I have like yeah. cloud saved me. I thought the cloud had betrayed cloud. me earlier. Um <laughs> but yeah, I've got this uh female elf that I played and I made her for like a charity event. And I was like, oh, let me see where I'm at in the game and see where she is. But now I'm like, I can't romance Dorian with her. I don't like this. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> Dorian is... And I don't like amazing. Sarah. She's...
2: I, um, <laughs> She's abrasive. <laughs> Sarah's like a self-hating elf. And I'm like, who wrote you?
1: <laughs> I, I do have some fond memories of that game. Uh, do you remember what your first game that you, like, obsessed over was?
2: Ooh, probably Street Fighter in the arcade. Mm. And, and or Mortal Kombat, because I remember, you know, like, I, I grew up with the controversy of, oh, my God, blood in a video game, and I'm like, whatever. Yeah. It's so cartoony. We
1: were all like that. Like, like okay. <laughs> cool.
2: I can't I can't really go rip someone's spine out, luckily for many people on the internet. But, <laughs> but you know, people are like, oh, my God, not... Not blood, and I'm like, never, <laughs> y'all.
1: Yeah, <laughs> if only the they knew how much bike. worse it's going to get.
0: <laughs> Terminators just ripping people to shreds,
1: right? <laughs> Shooting holes in them with shotguns. Yeah, okay. Let's focus on this animated blood in Mortal Kombat. Fine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, another origin question is about your online handle. What? what where did that come from?
2: Uh, for those who don't know, I. I... Well, I I like to say I'm a lapsed Catholic, but I'm also a lapsed, lapsed uh Ostru, but I follow the Nordic path. Um and I feel a personal connection to Tyr who is um, you know, in the Nordic lore and and faith. He is the god that stops Ragnarok. He sacrifices a hand to the Fenrir of wolf, and so he is about rightness and also vengeance because He's he knows what he's doing and he has to trick the wolf and he loses a hand for it. So uh I've always been drawn to Tyr, and so I, I think I play paladins a lot in D D.
1: Mm. That makes sense. So, That's cool. Do you have any um any family lineage that links to uh the Nordic?
2: Um, we have some German, a few, a few uh Probably like great, great, great grandmother. And my grandfather's name was Adolf. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so a black man named Adolf, I can't explain it, but you know, I, I think, I think when he was born, Adolf may have been an all catch all name, no matter who you were.
1: Like John here, but (laughs) how many Johns do you know?
2: (laughs) So many, too many.
1: Yes. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, so how did you, you talked a little bit about like the first game you obsessed over. How did you find it? How, do, how did you kind of stumble upon it or get introduced to
2: it? Uh, games or Street Fighter in the arcade?
1: Let's say games in general.
2: Um, I I grew up in the art, like with arcades, you know, I am, I'm old enough to remember ColecoVision, Pac-Man, you know. Yeah, what's the game where you're like the dude, almost like Indiana Jones? You're trying to jump over crocodile pit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I can. You know, I remember all those, yeah. both both in the arcade and at home. And you know, I grew up poor, no shame in it. We we were a food stamp household, so didn't have you know anything in the home. But I spent spent all my spare quarters in the arcade, and then D and D came along. And I've always been a nerdy bookish kid, an adult. So D&D and tabletop let me do all the imagined things that a video game doesn't. Because, you know, like video games, there's a finite sandbox you can play in. But with pen and paper, you're just like, cool, I've got pen, paper, and dice. I can do whatever I want.
1: Right. So, okay, here's, the, <laughs> this is a different question. Um, it's kind of a hard to answer, I feel, but maybe you'll have the answer right away. When When is like a memorable moment in d and where you like broke that barrier of like what, what you just mentioned? Like I can literally do anything. Like what, what was the memorable um, or first time you realized you could like, all right, if I roll high enough, I can do whatever.
2: <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, it didn't end well for me, but <laughs> in, in the last long running game that was well before I, I did this for a job... Um, I was in a like five-year-long campaign when Three Five was out, and I played an elven rogue. And I, I have no shame in saying I based him off Fenris. Yeah. <laughs> um, his backstory was kind of like Fenris's, and I was a rogue, and I was trying to basically shimmy out of like these manacles because a dragon had caught us in a slayer. And if I rolled well, that character would still be alive. Oh no. Badly. I did not roll well and I became dragon chow. Ooh. Ooh. And I think that was like the first time I lost a character that I played for so long in real time. Yeah. So it was like, oh my god, what do I do with them? And we didn't have anybody who could do like true resurrection or revivify. So I was like, you're dragon food, man. You did well. Um, but I think and and this is more of a it was a character development moment in Rivals of Waterdeep. My character's a paladin and she was a oath of vengeance paladin and she got her revenge but it was not what she wanted.
3: Mm. It
2: was she took out her target when they were vulnerable and sick and weak. Mm. And so she had to learn some hard lessons about herself about okay, you got re- your revenge but now what?
1: Right.
4: That's tough. Yeah. It's it's
1: also a question that I feel doesn't get addressed as often as it should be. Like, in media in general, it's like, you're after this yeah. path of vengeance. Like, then what?
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> Go ahead, Audio. No, <laughs> I mean, I was just watching the the latest Batman movie,
2: and I was like, really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to what end? <laughs> to what end?
2: Yeah. I mean, Fetters', Fetter's story has a little bit of that in Dragon Age 2. I mean, without without spoiling if either of you are going to go play it, uh, Fenris is an elf that joins your party, you can romance him. And his whole thing is he's running away from his slave master. He finally does get to catch him, and based on your choices, because there are some horrible people in the world who give him back, mm. but you can fight his slave master and kill him. And he's like, okay, well, Alright, I killed him, so now what? Mm. And you have to kind of deal with that in the game. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, that's okay. why that's why I love the writing and people always want to say, Oh, it's terrible writing. I hate it. And I'm like I've
1: heard nothing but good things about the way it was written. It was I I just heard yeah. people say they didn't like the like what did they say? They said the the combat was button mashy or something.
2: I like action. if you're playing with a controller, maybe, but I, that was one of the ones I played strictly on PCs. So. Okay.
1: Okay. Gotcha.
4: That's dope. So here's a,
1: here's a question that kind of um, leads into the idea of, of what you do beyond uh, your, your streaming and entertainment and gaming. Um, I I feel like this question is a little bit out of order. So I'm going to ask the uh, question before that. Um, What is it that you do aside from your work on D&D and with live streaming and um, that kind of thing?
2: Um, so, I, I run a not-for-profit, which is kind of quiet now because pandemic, there's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but we try to help people get in the industry, we try to help people get a foot in the door. Because, I mean, as both of you know, being being non-white people in the industry, it's really hard to get your foot in the door, get access to stuff. Um, the other thing I do is a lot of diversity and inclusion consultancy. I've worked with a lot of Ubisoft titles, i worked with a lot of indie titles. Um, you know, Far Cry Six, it just came out. I worked with um, Far Cry New Dawn. Um, I do writing. I'm involved with some projects, and uh, and I'm making my own game, which is still weird. It doesn't. It still doesn't seem real until the book's going to be in my hand. Um, <laughs> you know, and and will did art, and it's going to be on the Quick Start Guide once we uh, are all done with mechanics. And what else do I do? I. I do crafting. I make dice. I've gotten a 3d printing. That's DJ Knight's fault. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know, I try to, you know, be an okay human on the internet. I don't always make it.
1: <laughs> it's the intent that really matters.
2: Some people yes. don't even try. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true.
1: Yes. Um, so let's talk a little bit about into the motherland since you know, I had the, the honor of, of, Working on that just a little bit. Um, how did that how how that conversation happen? Like where it was just like, I want to make this thing.
2: So the actual play came first. I was pitching some stuff to Twitch, and they were like, "Well, you know, there's already a bunch of D and shows. There's already a bunch of fantasies. There's all this other stuff, and I want to also try Star Trek because there is an official Star Trek RPG game." They're like, they're weird about IP and worried about that. I'm like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. I said, what about sci-fi, but tell your own story? I was like, what? I didn't mean, to tell my own story. They're like, tell your own story. So I said, okay, pitch us an idea, how you know how much you think it'll take, how many hours of content you think you can do. And uh, B. Dave Walters and I sat down, we tried to figure out some plot ideas, and we came up with the idea of um this other reality this is this alternate place where mansa Musa's descendants found their way to this planet, and you know, like three thousand years before our story takes place, and now they've integrated into the society. so all the humans are Musalians, they're descendants of Mansa Musa, but we have people that are like high in high in hyenols which are like anthropomorphic hyenas but they are intelligent they're smart ones are like the vulcans uh, we have plant people hybrids we have all these different cultures and abilities and you know we did the actual play the first season was great we pitched and got approved for two more seasons and in the middle of the second season we we're like we could actually make this into a game let's do a kickstarter and we did and it funded in ninety minutes, and I kind of freaked out and ran around my apartment because I thought we would struggle to to fund. Um, I mean, because a lot of a lot of projects from people of color don't fund or they struggle to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, between word of mouth, having the base of the show, we were able to you know do seven hundred percent of our goal, and uh, you know, will is is part of that. And you know, we are we are at a point where we're just kind of waiting on a yes no from a publisher. And we're also, you know, this month is it, we're locking mechanics because we were gonna use the Cortex RPG system, but um there let's just say their licensing did not mesh with what we wanted to do, mm. both monetarily and in terms of ownership of the IP. So um so, yeah, we are, we are in, we're in one of many home stretches between writing and mechanics.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so proud of the work that y'all have done on it. It is, you know, I'm, I'm only a very small part of it. I'm, I'm the quick start yeah, but guy. But you're to part
2: of it. Quit saying that.
1: Yeah, yes. Yes. You're right. But I'm, I'm, I'm just proud of y'all uh, and proud of the, proud of us, I guess we can say. Um, yeah. I'm proud of y'all.
2: See, see, I'm proud of y'all.
1: I appreciate that. Uh, I'm gonna put the I'll
2: link see you just a little bit. A little, no, this is that
1: Logitech <laughs> stream cam, so you can see a little more detail in there than you could before. Shout out to Logitech! <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> but it, it's been really cool to kind of see this conceptualize and become so much bigger. Uh, so little known fact uh the D campaign that i'm a part of we, we took some weeks off because people were traveling and not going to be home and blah 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 uh our dm like was familiar with your D work and familiar with into the motherland and so like as we were you know talking about first starting the campaign and then doing it on twitch i mentioned like yeah i've been busy working on this quick st- uh, quick start cover say that five times fast and um, you know, I just mentioned offhand like what I was doing, and then he was like, Wait, what? You're you're working with Tanya? I was like, Yeah, like we and her have been friends for a long time, and we've actually yeah. you know, been working on this together. And he just like freaked out because he had no idea that you know I knew you, let alone that I was working on this with you. So now, that was a, a really cool moment that I never got to tell you about because it, <laughs> it was it was, Aww. it was, it was really cool. Um, so he says, hello. If I have not already told you hello on his behalf already, his name's Tom.
2: <laughs> oh, hi Tom.
1: <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so we're going to, uh, I'm just scrolling through the into the motherlands thing here so that people can see the website
2: and some of the people. Jasmine, Dave.
1: Oh, yeah. Jasmine.
2: Yeah. Jasmine. Uh, if you like, if you like D and D, she does, a. Uh... A homebrew show on her own channel
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, called uh, Shakar.
4: That's what's up.
1: When did uh? I feel like I Shikar? don't. know
2: now in its second season.
1: Okay, it's like I feel like I've heard of it, but I'm not sure if yeah, I have.
2: It's late for us. Yeah, gotcha. it doesn't even start till eight central. So, gotcha. I need to sit up. I'm doing the slump in my chair thing.
1: (laughs) It happens. (laughs) Um, So, with regards to that, then, when do you feel? You mentioned your work with I need diverse games and getting more people of color like into the gaming space, as well as you know doing consulting. When do you feel like you noticed at least somewhat of a shift or somewhat of a difference? uh based on the work that you've been doing.
2: In the industry it's it's very slow, it's glacial. Mm-hmm. You know, I but I can't say in like oh, now the eighth year that I've been doing this. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> you know, studios are a lot better. They're a lot more proactive. Um, you know, for instance with Far Cry 6, they came to me at at, at uh the beginning of the process mm-hmm. you know the script was done character art was done but it wasn't like other projects i have done where the game was more or less done and not just not just you yourself, but a lot of indie developers i've worked with where it's like the game's more or less done here can you basically rubber stamp this and tell us we're not racist which is not what i do right um <laughs> but that's what a lot Jeez. of people think diversity consulting is they yeah. really do yeah um you know and also and this is going to sound terrible but just because you're a marginalized person doesn't mean you can be a diversity consultant, but just because you're a diversity consultant doesn't mean that you can speak for every marginalized identity. Mm-hmm. Cause I've had, I've had clients that initially they want me to just look at something for, for like a cis female perspective, a black perspective, a queer perspective. Then they go, but this character's trans. And I'm like, no, no, not going to do that. You should go find someone who is trans or disabled or has, you know, like mental health, um, diagnosis that can look at a character because just because you are marginalized on one axis doesn't mean you can speak for everything and that's something to be very mindful of in this work
1: yeah i think that makes a lot of sense
2: yeah. and
1: more people should be aware of that as well because it goes with with everything like just because you're specializing is one thing doesn't mean you now speak for everything under that umbrella or you know everyone right. who associates with it
2: well, and, and even intra-racial. I mean, like, we're three black folks sitting here. Mm-hmm. We've all had different things growing up. We're different ages, different, um, you know, the way we grew up socioeconomically. I grew up in Chicago on the South Side. So I'm going to have a perspective about certain eras in Chicago as someone who went to a public school versus both you being, you know, being guys, you know, like being a little younger than me. So that's something to think about, too, is that a lot of people just, they just go, well, you're black, this character's black, you can fix it. Right. And it's like, maybe, maybe not. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> and that, what frustrates me so much about that is that statement that you mentioned, how oftentimes they'll just, they'll involve you in the process, like after everything's already done, which is like, not helpful for actually making the end product better. It's just helpful for getting that like check mark. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and that's what a lot of people think. And that's what a lot of people just think diversity consulting is. They don't realize that, you know, for instance, with Watch Dogs Legion, I spent a week straight playing that game eight hours a day. That for, game. I mean, it was yeah. work, Yeah. but you look at games a whole new way when it's your job.
1: Right. That's true. We're going to talk about that later, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a question that kind of curtails off of everything we've already talked about, actually take your favorite game and do something different with it. What would it be?
2: Mm, different. Um, well, for dragon age two, I would remake it and remaster it because mm. you know, I love the game, but it's starting to show its age yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely uh, remaster it. And there's so much content that got cut. Um, Cause I would love to know kind of, what happens to these characters before they meet Hawk? Mm. Um, There's actually a DLC that got cut for whatever reason. Uh, A DLC character that you can bring into your party, Sebastian Vale. depending on what you choose to do, he threatens to bring an exalted march or basically a holy war upon Kirkwall. That DLC never happened. I would love to see what happened with that, Mm. especially if it could then really dovetail into Inquisition. Because Inquisition picks up right where... Da two ends, well, not right after, but like within a year of that, of between Da two and and this uh, Inquisition. Yeah. So there's just like kind of depending on your choices, you could bring a holy war to Kirkwall. I would love to see that. Not enough. Ooh, I just want to see how this works out. But the writing of this character, and also maybe see some growth because he's very much he's very much a, a two dimensional, very religious, has no room for growth. So if that could work out in a DLC and make him realize that all again, vengeance isn't everything, it would be dope to see.
1: Mm. I like that. I would totally be there to see that too. Because once once I started playing Dragon Age Inquisition, I was like, all right, I get why everyone was telling me to play the previous games before. Because this is this is very immersive. Like I'm I'm in this shit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, but the first Dragon Age, you know, if you like Baldur's Gate, if you like very crunchy kind of combat tactical you'll love it Mm -hmm. because there are parts where you're just like oh my god i'm never gonna get out of here
1: yeah i really like that they did a hybrid of the two in inquisition and i know some people didn't like that about it but like i feel like that was like the way to appeal to people who like to play tactically or people who like to be like hands-on like in the action and i wish more games did stuff like that
0: yeah now, yeah, true. A lot of people didn't really like um Inquisition. Like uh, was it because cuz I feel like Dragon Age 2 was like held at such a high standard or um uh, was regarded so well, especially in that 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 generation of 360, PS3.
1: Yeah, Dragon Age uh, o- yeah. Origin especially I feel was like the one yeah. people hung on to a lot.
2: They did. Uh Dragon Age and- Dragon Age Origins was kind of I, it felt like that for both that and like the Mass Effect series where people because like, there were people that were mad. They couldn't bring their warden back in Inquisition. And I'm like, the warden was two games ago. Let them live. Let them go do whatever they're doing. Uh, and like with Andromeda, it's like, why can't I have Shepard? I'm like, Shepard just had three games. Let them rest.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I feel the same way. I, I get it because you get this close connection with them. But there's got to be room for more than just that, you know?
2: Yeah, but you know, some fans can't let that go.
1: That's true. <laughs> that's very true. Um How how did How did iNDG start? I feel like that's something that it was pretty obvious to us that there was a need for, but there wasn't a lot of people doing it.
2: Uh so funny story, it was spite um so 2014 i went to gdc with a friend who wanted to get in the industry she wound up not getting in but i met a lot of people and it was just like i'm going my buddy she wants to get in the industry i did not think much about it Mm -hmm. but then in october of that year a lot of the games we'd seen either premiered at e3 or talked about like for years finally were coming out Mm -hmm. and it was just straight white bro straight white bro with like blonde hair blue hair you know green eyes and blonde hair, whatever, there was no difference. Mm-hmm. And I just was tired of it, and so I started tweeting and, and added I Need Diverse Games to a bunch of tweets, and it was right time, right place. Uh, a lot of people picked it up, a lot of developers picked it up. Uh, shout out to Carnethea Mickey Kendall, who shared a lot of those tweets, and she's always had a, a much bigger presence than me. And not only did she share a lot of tweets, she also made, she was very clear of, like, this is who started it. <laughs> so... Cause, I mean, because as we know, people like to take attribution on, on the tweeters and um, it was right time, right place and the right dose of spite and uh, <laughs> it kept going and it was people wanted to have that conversation and want to talk about inclusion and diversity and it grew into its own Twitter, its own site, its own Tumblr. People started having me on podcasts. I started doing a bunch of stuff and I was like, well, clearly people want to have this conversation, so let's roll with it. Yeah. And it it grew into its own monster. And then uh, when I lost my day job in 2015, it became my day job. Mm -hmm. That's
1: pretty cool. And I actually didn't know that, um, I didn't actually know the origin story of it. I, I knew what it was. I knew, you know, obviously it was founded by you and how helpful it's been for having a voice for this thing that so much of us feel um but it's cool to learn a little bit more about the backstory though
2: yeah all things can be done through spite
1: (laughs) (laughs) just get mad enough
2: (laughs) i'm an aries it shows (laughs)
1: um what was the first game that you saw that went out of its way to actually do what they said they would do with inclusion and diversity and adding those things that we've all been complaining haven't been in games
2: um I would say Outer Worlds Uh, you know homie DJ Knight Mm -hmm. watching him play that game and then playing it myself but watching him do the character selection and seeing him just have this utter joy of I can finally make a character that looks like me after all these years of playing games you know Dark skin, the locks, even the locks with the color tips. And I'm just like, knowing the people at Obsidian and knowing the people who worked on it, I know that that was very intentional because they, they're they actually walking the walk. And I was able to send them that clip. And, you know, I've used that clip in talks. It was that moment where I'm like, somebody finally gets it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's also Mafia 3. Mm. If anyone's played mm. Mafia 3. I saw you playing <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> look, look,
2: cray on the way up will be my favorite mission in a game beside taking out the, their version of the clan. Mm-hmm. But it's that first thing where Lincoln gets to have that first taste of vengeance, and you know, actually, now, sorry, academic brain kicked in because my brain is like, Mafia Three is actually a good exercise in in the revenge story, especially with a black man as a protagonist. Yes, because. It's all about him getting back at these mafiosos who, who took out his family, his chosen family and his blood family. And even the game doesn't let you just have this straight path of revenge and take over the mafia. You need to make a choice at the end. Mm. Mm. And if you don't pick the right the right path, that choice is made for you by a very unsuspecting person. Uh-huh. You you both played it or watched people play it.
1: I've watched you play uh, several sessions of it, but I haven't seen the whole thing, and I haven't seen the final. Right. I've, uh,
0: I've, I've played. Own- I've played a little bit of it, but I want I would, to like actually play this one.
2: I I would say play it. You know, obviously you have content warnings because it is it is a very violent. There's drugs involved, PTSD, mm-hmm. um, and Lincoln gets his groove on in, in one of the DLCs. Not that that needs a content warning, but hey, now everybody's feeling that when when they may not feel it. I
1: feel you. Um,
2: yeah. But, you know, Lincoln is a study in in an angry black man, but with a very good cause. Mm-hmm. And the fact that his accomplice is his buddy from the CIA from when they served in Vietnam, who's a white guy, but he's a white guy who's very unlike white men of that era because it takes place in 69. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the game does not shy away from calling you all kinds of slurs. You walk down the street, people calling you boy and nigger and... You know and and you hear the slurs on the radio as you drive around you know it it is not for everyone because some people may be like oh is too much too real Mm -hmm. but this is what our parents not even grandparents our parents lived through this
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and uh that is the game where they had a black senior writer and it showed Mm -hmm. and and the white members of the writing team and the studio they knew what they were doing they knew that they couldn't avoid this they couldn't go oh that's too wrong they they couldn't pull a texas board of education on this listen and and wipe it clean <laughs> they're like no no you getting you getting these slurs you're going to see what it was like
1: yeah yeah it, it's i'm i'm really amazed at how um how they pulled that off honestly like it could be very easy for someone to look at that and like attract all the racist people to it. And like, Oh yeah, I get to run around calling people the N word in this game, but then you're playing as the black man in it. And so you're, you're directly experiencing that perspective as the player, I don't know, maybe I don't want to say it, it, it has changed people, but maybe it's changed the way people think about that kind of thing. Now that they've had an opportunity to like play in the shoes of a black man who is being treated in this way,
2: if that makes sense. We can hope so, but I, I think there's a caution, and, and I'd love to hear both of your thoughts on this, mm-hmm. on using games as empathy engines, because while you know, we've all had to play as like the white dude, Duke Nukem, or whatever, mm-hmm. when I turn that game off, I'm, I'm still brown. I'm, right. I'm still brown. The world still sees right. me, black chick. Right. And conversely, if someone is playing Mafia Three, or they're playing like Street Fighter and they play through its Balrog or whatever, they turn that game off They solve all the privilege they had before they played that game. It may make them more sympathetic, it may make them pick up a history book, but a game unto itself is not an empathy engine. And unfortunately, a lot of people play these games, and I've even heard people make comments about this from Motherlands, thinking that they can go play this game and understand the Black experience, which isn't true, because for one, this is the Black experience of someone in 1969 who has PTSD, who's been almost murdered, and is dealing with the Mafia and picking them off one by one as a Black dude. has
3: mm-hmm.
2: deal with the racism and Kennedy's assassination, all this other stuff, and King's assassination, and try to survive and get his revenge, versus a modern-day Black person who lived through 2020 and seeing George Floyd and Michael all Brown right. and all these people killed mm-hmm. and you know as a people i you know I and this is a broad scope but there's no good way to talk about it
3: mm-hmm.
2: a lot of us are psychologically scarred from watching too many of us getting murdered by cops in the system and being ground down and being having to be three times as good to get half the notice
1: yeah there's a there's a real that's a real statement um, and there's the fatigue that comes with that too right of just how many more times do I have to see and experience this as someone who is already marginalized in a different way now
2: yeah or be a black dude walking down the street and what the cops run up on you because they're like oh you look like some dude we heard rob right. store
1: mm-hmm
2: are you minding your business
1: mm-hmm yeah you know it's so I'm seeing a, a few comments here. You know, Mafia 3 is my catharsis game. Play it when you're angry or you feel powerless. Um, you know, I, again I haven't played the game, but I've seen I've seen it and I've seen you play. And I I I from perspective of like how like gritty and how much they didn't shy away from so much, you know, I, I feel that like that comment resonates with me too. It's like Maybe it is because I am black and I can have that kind of liberating feeling from that. Um, but that's not to say that that's how everyone should respond to that. That's just yeah, my mean, internalization of it.
2: Yeah. But I'd love to hear what you, what you think audio, cause you, you mentioned kids earlier, so it's like, you know, yeah, I mean, that too. so
0: with these, especially with kids it's, it's a, it's very interesting uh because they play a lot of like Roblox and, and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So um I just dealt this with this like a couple of months ago in 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 them choosing their character and uh what skin tone they're picking for their characters, right? Um mm-hmm. why aren't they picking darker skin characters? Mm-hmm. Um and you know they feel like it's they're scared. You know, and, and these are seven year olds. My, my, my kids are seven and 11. Mm. Um, Or it, they watch a lot of not a lot of television, but they watch television and they see, you know, more wider characters and, and that's what they're seeing. That's what they're resonating with or they're watching YouTube and You know who's playing these these games and toys and who's talking on YouTube about Roblox and things like that so they're more they they reflect what they watch Um, as far as like it being are people going to be more empathetic to these story driven games when. about black people and and things like that, or even just marginalized people in general, um, I've heard a lot of people, mm, I've heard a lot of, of people of color talk about mafia three in that sense. Mm -hmm. I can't say I've heard a lot of other people talk about mafia three in that sense. Mm. Um, and I do know, you know, just in general, people who played that game. I particularly haven't played that game specifically just because I kind of wanted to stream it mm. and I didn't have a, um, capture card at the time. And you, if you stream it directly from the PS five, they cut like half of the content. So
2: yeah, that's
0: one of that's like one of the last games it actually happens with. And yeah. I was like, ah, yeah. But I think I'm going to just yeah. play that offline um, because yeah, okay. I've just heard so many people talk about this game. And I was like, that's one of the games like I really, really wanted to play uh, specifically just because he's a um, not just a black person, but he's like a black Dominican. Mm. Um, and and he's going through this after I believe. What is this? Um, Vietnam, 69. So Vietnam. Yeah. right? Right. Yep. So, you know, in Louisiana mm-hmm. and I was like, yep. OK, like I, I remember I I played, like, that first story mission twice. And I remember just, like, a lot of the stuff I've heard, like, the conversation word for word and just what they... Like, how deep it is. So it's like, one mm-hmm. of those games, like, I could tell this is... It's going to be one of those games that make you think, at, le- at least for me, um, think, like, okay, well, I know my history. I know how they were treating people. But now I could play this and experience it in a way where um people my generation are or people my generation in with my you know liking video games would like to experience this and see okay from a different lens and i think we'll probably see more people experience that um or want to experience that there are Uh, For instance, just last, not last February, but um, right before the pandemic, my library did a Harlem Renaissance VR. And I've noticed, at least at that, you know, a lot more people are becoming more receptive to interactive experiences of the black experience. Mm. So I think it's going to take some time. In my opinion, um, I, I definitely believe you're right. It, it's just not something. It may be that one of those two real experiences that make more people think differently about. Hey, maybe I shouldn't say this, or maybe I should look at this in a different light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know we're we're still trying to get there. Uh, look at the whole George Floyd situation. Look at. Just in general, like it's because of video cameras or phone cameras, really, that people are really starting to witness and notice what we're going through mm-hmm. on a day to day basis um, and that's just the stuff people are able to pull out their cameras for,
1: and I think that's um, a really strong statement there is like exposure to those things, right like Even the comment that you made about like your kids choosing the lighter skin versus the darker skin, like, you know, people are not just kids, but people, people are sponges, you know, what they get exposed to becomes their, their version of reality sometimes, because they're not really taking that next step to see or understand how that's affecting them or what's, you know, the other thing is or et cetera
2: yeah and and especially with things like you know, like mafia 3 that don't shy away from it or other games where there's like racism in it or what have you because i remember reading one of the first reviews i read from mafia 3 before i got a chance to play it was a white british dude and it was rock paper shotgun and He talked about how fatigued he was having to hear nigger over and over and over and i was like That's the you point. played a video game and you can put this game down and walk away mm-hmm. At that point, I'm like, I got 40 years of hearing this word, dude.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, I've had people call me this to my face.
1: Yeah. I mean, to, to, to that person's credit, then, like, imagine what that feels like being able to step away from it versus what that feels like having to just live it. Like, I think that doesn't solve the problem of empathy and people understanding, but it does tip the scale at least a little bit. It's like, all right. I had to experience this on a small scale, like, playing a game. You know, now I can only imagine how much worse it is, like, living that shit all the time.
0: Yeah. Right, and and that's another thing, right? Uh, because a lot of people don't realize, I think, um, the experience. Mm-hmm. And, or it, put it this way, right? Like, if, if I'm living in Manhattan, uptown, freaking butlers, maids, don't got to worry about stuff. Why am I thinking about you know, why am I thinking about the dude or the lady or whoever the person who's, you know, has to work paycheck to paycheck or is about to get kicked out of their home or you don't you don't ever think about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you're not in that environment, so when something like this game start to put you in a specific environment, uh, and you can complain about it, right. Or you can actually say, wait a minute, you know, how, how serious was this for real? Because some people just never took the time to actually yeah. learn about certain things Mm -hmm. and i think that's part of the problem Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's also they may not have just never been educated or never cared to even know that was an issue to begin with
3: right
1: yeah yeah i'm totally with you on that um This is, this is, uh, it's so good to have these conversations and, and even just these exploring these concepts, because I know on the other flip side of that, you know, it can be desensitizing to some people to experiencing it, experience it in a interactive manner. Um, I don't necessarily feel that way, but that's just me though. Maybe other people feel desensitized by it.
2: I mean, they could be, but you know, a lot of this is tied up in people view games as for kids. Still, they don't view it as a genre or a medium, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they think of it as it's strictly entertainment. And that's why, like you know, with Bungie, you know, supporting their employees' right to to healthcare and abortion, and same with um, not devolver digital. I just saw it before we went live, mm-hmm. but game. Going, we support our employees, and people going, you make video games, why right? keep keep out of politics? It's like there are people who make the games that you like to play. Right. And, you know, that's where I think a lot of people, especially gamers, capital G gamer jackasses, <laughs> have forgotten there are real life humans who sit at a desk either because of the pandemic at home or they go into a studio and go outside and risk catching this virus to make the games because every time ta- and even pre-pandemic when a game would be announced to be um delayed or whatever, people would act like their last dollar was stolen and act like the game company personally showed up their house and kicked their dog.
1: The right perspective, y'all. Like <laughs> it's it's okay to get upset because a thing happened. But it's more important than to realize like everything that leads up to something like that, to to lead up to a decision where a game has to be, you know, delayed by a year or something. Yeah. It sucks that you have to be inconvenienced and wait longer for this thing that you really want, but it's for, you know, keeping people sane or keeping people healthy or ensuring that the product is better when it comes out than it would have been if they had released it. Then you're like, is there's a little bit of push and pull, but I think more so than anything, people do generally lack empathy in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm starting to believe so. <laughs> yeah. Which
2: I, I've been on Twitter 15 years. I know they lack empathy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, let, let's, let's talk about like life stuff for us. I feel like this, this transition from empathy um, actually, before we do that, I want to ask the last question, um, which was, uh, what was the most memorable day of your gaming career or career in general? It doesn't have to be gaming. It could be. Um... Anything. Yeah.
2: Um, well, I actually wrote down this answer because I was sitting there like, oh God, what do I, what do I say? Yeah, it's, it's a hard um, question to ask. <laughs> well, because there's, there's not one defining moment because one, I'm still doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I've had some moments where I wouldn't trade them for anything in the world, which is, you know, being quite alive and still being part of a museum exhibit, uh, at the Victorian Albert in, mm-hmm. in London, um, you know, you and I got to speak at Concordia, along with our friend Brian and Kashana Gray. Yes. Um, you know, having a documentary made about what, what I've been doing for the last eight years. And that was really, really humbling. And it was it was a lot to sit there and what, kind of watch your life story in a movie. And it's just like, okay, that was weird. I'm going to go now. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, what I went to London for is getting an award from from Gaming Magazine
3: mm-hmm.
2: where, you know... You know, and it's weird because I don't do this for... I don't do this for glory or Accolades. I don't do this for people to make a big deal out of it. I do it because... Again, A, it's spite because people don't want me to do the work so I'm a spiteful asshole. <laughs> uh, but also... Because um, there's a need. Gaming has not improved enough to where I can wipe my hands and be like deuces i'm out gaming's fixed because it's not gonna be fixed for a long time
1: yeah right yeah it's a process for sure but i mean yeah i'm i'm just happy that uh that it's still something that you fell into and that something that it's clear that there's a the demand for it it's like very clear not even just from people of color but like all right other people are starting to catch on to this fact that, like, we need to see more games doing more with their writing, to now appeal and sound different from each other. Because you you get to a point where everything sounds the same, not just looks mm-hmm. the same, but sounds the same, then plays the same. It's like, all right, <laughs> we need some differentiation. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yes, we'll 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 go right into our life. Section of the podcast um, because I feel like it kind of pertains to what we were just talking about with empathy and some of the things that have been going on in in our world right now. So, in terms of life updates, you know, how's let's do like a, a check on everybody. How are you doing? What are you up to? What's going on? Um, and let's let's start with audio this time and then uh, work work to to you, Tanya.
0: Life's Interesting. I'm trying to figure out uh when i should go for my masters right now I'm gonna do um in the fall i'm gonna do it in the spring um that's that's really kind of where i'm at right now uh work's been work uh for those who don't know i am a uh urban planner for a city here in uh florida um i know a lot of people do not like florida at all but you know um <laughs> Someone's got to do the work, you know, (laughs) someone's got to do the Lord's work out here. (laughs) Um, Um, So, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. And um, for the most part, I've been involved in a couple of uh, uh, affordable housing projects. Uh, A lot of them have been senior housing. We're now starting to get into just um, regular affordable housing as well. Uh, senior housing has been just you know popular a lot of people don't uh don't mind seniors living near them but um when it it comes to the others as uh people with wealth like to call them uh, (laughs) to call us yeah um, because because i'm definitely part of that uh tax bracket i feel like um housing out here is crazy right now that that's another thing (laughs) Um, that i've been kind of dealing with housing uh, just in general, it's you you really can't find a house out here um, unless you just have a plethora of, of money mm. in, in South Florida right now. Uh, I think, uh, not even just in South Florida, I think anywhere in Florida. There, there was a location in um, Western Florida that I was looking at earlier in January that was going for like uh, the mid twos and then I come back around and we're in what, April, and they're already in the mid fours? Oh, no, we're in May, in the mid fours. So, Ooh. yeah, yeah, same, same, same location, same model, everything, everything. A couple of months, 200 grand.
1: Yeah, damn.
0: <laughs> so, um, that, that's probably why you're getting some delays on your side because they're trying to build them on our side. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> they're getting you. all this money. <laughs> yeah, they're getting all this money. No, seriously, getting, I mean, listen, it, I'm looking at homes that that were that were selling for like four hundred thousand ten years ago. People are like trying to sell for like nine hundred thousand, a million plus. Yeah, right now. So it's it's just getting it's getting really ridiculous down here. Uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of been what's going on with me trying to still trying to look for a home. Um, trying to figure out this this masters thing as well yeah Uh, and and uh you know making content making content back to back to the youtube
1: yeah i feel that what about you tanya what's what's going on in your world
2: oh boy um let's see still jet lag from london i was there for 11 days um but gaming mag was um great I didn't trip or fall down the stairs because I was worried about that going up to the stage.
3: Yeah.
2: And uh look, it was some steep stairs and there was a, only a rail on one side. So and they gave us an open bar. It it was a struggle. Mm. Um and uh, you know, it was it was good. It was good to meet a lot of people. I got to meet a lot of black Twitch UK folks. Um, and also it was it was emotional because um those of you that don't know, uh, we found out that our friend Andrea, simply Andrea, passed in, in February. So, you know, I I dedicated that award to her because without her and a few other people in the space, I wouldn't have never started streaming. I would never have done this. And uh you know, and it was just one of those moments of it's real sobering because you have to think about when you don't talk to somebody somebody in a while and you get that intuition you need to go check um absolutely. I mean, that, yeah, so I mean that that's just been on my mind cuz we found out not long before I left for the trip. And uh so, you know, and that's hard, but you know people came through the the GoFundMe to take care of everything and her mom, it, you know, it it's well over like $14,000. So, so that's something that's been on my mind too, because we're like some of a lot of us in here are trying to like figure out the best way to honor her memory right now. Um, Work wise, making a game, making a game is hard. In case anyone didn't know that. Yes. Just so you know, tell, making things is hard. What's the hardest
1: part, or the the two hardest parts? Whatever you feel like you should tell people that they don't know about.
2: You're always gonna need more time than you think. Um and making game mechanics is really difficult finding the balance of especially with rpg stuff is difficult Mm
3: -hmm.
2: especially when you have a team of people doing it and you know because i i can design mechanics i know DD inside and out but we are making our own system so when you're making your own thing from scratch add the multiplier by like a hundred to make it harder um and you know those two things of just the biggest thing is it's going to take way longer than you think it does Mm -hmm. you're like i've got this cute little timeline the universe will be like that's cute that's nice you need to go double that right now just so you know yeah um um other than that rebels Waterdeep comes back in three weeks um black dice society is doing well we just have episode 45 Ah, uh, we lost. We lost a player, not a player, but a character. Uh, but we fought Strahd, who's the equivalent of fighting Dracula. Ooh. And um, yeah, Strahd is the is the OG vampire in in D and D. Uh, and let's see what else. I Mainly can... just trying to to get through the weekend, and because uh, for those that don't know, my mom passed two years ago. So tomorrow's gonna be a rough day. And uh, that's why I was like, we got to do this tonight. I am not talking to nobody tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I get it. Yeah, just mainly just trying to to get the disaster of an office you can kind of see in, in shape. Get my 3D printer back up and running and uh, ink ink a bunch of dice. That's what I might do. Although I do not recommend getting high and then inking dice. <laughs> You may not it may not work out for you.
1: Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So what what what, what did, when did you pick up recently?
2: Uh I literally went to the dispensary earlier today. So um shout out to my local dispensary, uh dispensary thirty three. So I got so this is where I this is where my lack of knowledge comes in. Um I got one that's called Black Afghan.
1: Mm, okay. I'm familiar.
2: Um, I haven't had that.
1: I've been familiar with it.
2: I, I am not. This is all. These are different. Uh, disposable vapes, and then the same. Then a sativa called Tangerine Haze. And uh, because I'm old and everything hurts, I got some <laughs> uh cannabis, uh pain relief balm and some gummies.
1: Yes. Um. So, to your comment, uh, I also want to uh, say to to. My one of my mods here, as well as a friend of mine, um, Lazing, she recently lost her mother, too. Um, so my heart goes out to both of you. Um, loss is hard in general, but you both know that I'm always here. If you want to just talk or just just want space, that's okay, too. Um, but yeah, the uh, for anyone who is trying to learn a little bit more about cannabis as well. Do you know the differences between uh, Indica and Sativa? And, okay.
2: No, I probably got one of each.
1: <laughs> yes. So they say, they say, it is the case, but some people react differently to everything. Um, sativa is more so something that's not going to necessarily put you uh, to sleep. It's more of like a uh, functional high, you know, you feel it in your body, you feel it in your head a little bit, but it's more so about like, feeling relaxed and feeling, you know, elevated, but not like to the point where you just want to like chill and not do anything.
2: So it's, it's not to like sit there and get your nod on weed.
1: Right. Right. Which again, some people, uh, you know, if the, I I believe it's the THC, uh, content, if it's high enough, it may do that. But those are usually what the hybrids are. Um, so the Mm. Indica, is the one that, you know, it's like in the couch. So it's like, <laughs> ah. it, it'll put you out. You're
2: uh, like, you know, the, I closed my eyes for a minute and now it's 2 a.m.
1: Yes. So if you just need okay. to just zonk out and you need something heavy to do that, get yourself some indica. Okay. But if you want something that's like, going to make me feel sleepy, but I won't go to sleep, I'll just be like, all right. I'll have that feeling of it. And still have the body feel. That's what you want, like a hybrid for. Because you'll still be able to at least be somewhat functional while doing that. Now, again, everyone responds to to psychoactive, you know, chemicals differently. Um, But for me, usually if I have an indica, I'm not doing anything other than eating some more food, (laughs) watching some more stuff or getting a little freaky. (laughs) and if you yeah, haven't you know
2: yourself though
1: yeah yeah so it'll be fun i'm very excited to hear uh your adventures
2: <laughs> Oh my adventures yeah. if you don't hear from me no more tonight <laughs> you know which one it is the- <laughs> we, got off this, we got off this podcast and i didn't hear from her no more <laughs>
1: not i <a> would
2: <laughs> nothing
1: um so Alright, uh something happened this week that kind of put things into perspective. Um it's something that I've always known, but like I felt it more because this happened. So uh my wife and I were meeting up with a friend to go see Doctor Strange 2. Uh we didn't make it to the movie theater because we got into a car crash on the way there.
2: No.
1: Um I hadn't really Our said anything knowledge. about this to anyone yet. Okay, uh, <laughs> was going catch job, but we just had a car crash. Right? So hey, I'm here and I'm okay and so is so is she. Um I was more concerned about, you know, if she was okay. Um so I it was it was monsooning down here. It was raining really hard. Um and we were like, all right, like I know because of the rain, we're not going to have to not going to go as fast as we normally would. And like, I want to make it on time, but I don't want to put us in danger or anything like that. So we went and got some food and on our way, like literally coming on to the highway on the ramp. i looking over, everything's fine. I switch lanes and like the car just keeps going. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm trying to go forward and it's just not going forward. It's just are you
2: hydroplane
1: literally hydroplane all the way into the concrete like side of the highway and it was terrifying because i i'd spun out in a car before i I grew up in boston snow ice you run into that kind of situation but usually it's like much slower we weren't going that fast but it was still like terrifying because you know this could have been the last moment i was with my wife um thankfully there weren't any other cars next to us um and like we hit it at an angle where like literally like it was like I was going forward. It was sliding this way. So I already had momentum going in a different direction. And we were like kind of skidding this way. So I I got us to like flatten out a little bit. That way it wasn't like going all the way this way. It was more so like going this way by the time it got to the wall. So I, I got hit on my end, but it was just like a boop. I was oh, so like, you
0: par- you hit it parallel
1: too yeah I hit it parallel perfectly parallel so I was like all right thankfully like I was able to steer us in that direction but it was still fucking terrifying um to lose control like that yeah and for it to skid that much um and but what's what's crazier about it too is you know for anyone who watched the first doctor Strange movie, like, the whole premise is he got into this big-ass car accident and couldn't use his hands anymore. Like, I was like, all right, this is fucking weird. Um, and then uh, Rolomex Boss, I don't know if y'all are following her. She's a, a cosplayer as well as a content creator. Um, she's super dope. She's married to uh, uh I connected with her recently, and I told her that happened. She was like, oh, my God, we were coming back from Doctor Strange 2 in our car got messed up. I was like, this is really weird, because like I literally talked to her uh, the evening after it happened. Wow. So, like, all this weird universe shit has been happening recently. So, like, between that, between the house situation, um, they told us it might be until November when we can actually move into our home, which is insane um but like we mentioned before the housing market everywhere is just in this really weird place where there's not enough people there's uh, there's not enough houses for the number of people trying to buy houses so there's a short demand there's also not a lot of workers uh <laughs> working on these homes uh, there's a backlog of stuff that happened all throughout COVID. so um between those two things happening and then of course um The the kind of big thing which we'll lead into now is the uh, Roe versus Wade uh, overturning, Mm. um, which, you know, this affects everybody. This isn't just uh, a women's rights issue. This is like a human, like, catastrophe. Like, there's no other way to put it. Um, Yeah. And. I feel like it's kind of self-explanatory, kind of how we feel about it. But I think it's important to still talk about it that way. No, no, It's kind of an outlet for us to even just discuss it too, just because.
2: Well, well it's it's the thing of, you know, we, you know, for those of us that have been paying attention to politics or just even noticing kind of the, the terrible shift in this country uh, toward basically a theocracy. Let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Justice Alito and the, I forget what you call the right word, but the thing I've seen circulating later or lately is about the whole lack of domestic babies. And I'm like, what? So this whole fear. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Um, and it's like, but even, I mean, we need to go back three presidents where they where there was this white fear of Obama and this whole anchor baby thing, and mm-hmm. this is this is coming forward of they're scared of immigrants, they're scared of be- yeah. no longer they're, being they're, the majority. They're already coining uh, the browning of America, mm. right? And it's like you brought us here. What the fuck do you want?
1: What do you expect was going to happen? <laughs>
2: Well, and it's like, you know, there's a reason there's different shades of brown right now on this screen. Right. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Fate fate. <laughs> right. Um, You know, right. and it wasn't, it wasn't by consent either. Mm-hmm. Just put, for those, you know, for those people who are getting slavery light in their textbooks, you know. Which is a, a real reason. concern
1: now. Jesus.
2: Yeah. But, you know, there, there's a whole reason of light-skinned slaves were kept in the house. They were more aesthetically pleasing. They were the ones that often got passed around and and married or married under the table and their kids stayed in the house. Mm -hmm. And field slaves were the ones that were dark-skinned and bred, let's just say it, Mm -hmm. you know, to be strong, to work the fields. This is why we still got this whole light-skinned, dark-skinned bullshit within our own culture to begin Mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, there's been this fear of of the browning of America, like you said, and it's like this whole terror over not, I mean, they need to just come out and say they're scared. Not enough white women are having babies. Mm. They don't give a fuck. If we have abortions as black folks, they don't care.
1: Well, yeah, they
2: don't care if black and brown women died trying to get a legal abortion.
1: That's true.
2: But rich white women have always been able to go get an abortion. Even when it wasn't legal.
1: I actually didn't know. Um, that.
2: Oh yeah. They're, you all—you went away to a girls' school in upstate New York or wherever you lived. Mm-hmm. You went away to a, a school for girls, and you might or might not come back. Um, and you know, personal for me personally, if Roe v. Wade had been passed even a few months earlier, I might not be here. I've talked about this before. So I was not planned for. I was not wanted. Mm-hmm. And if it had been—if it had been passed any earlier, I might not even be here. Right. And, you know, if Roe v. Wade had never been passed, I would have been stuck with a kid I wasn't ready for and didn't want when I was, like, in my 20s. Yeah. And I wouldn't be here because I wouldn't have had the chance to do all the things I got to do in my 20s. Like, go abroad, go to college, all that other stuff that my mom never did. Mm -hmm. So, there's also the fact that everyone is framed as a women's issue, but they're excluding... You know, non-binary folks, agender folks, trans masculine folks who still have a uterus, mm-hmm. and you know, anyone basically who can get pregnant. Right. And they're just ign- they're just going, these are also the people that only see cis women as women. And that's a big issue. I mean, you know, the the turf wizard finally spoke up, but she only cares about cis women too.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So but you know, both of you as you know, and you've already got kids and I'm, well, I don't know if you want kids, but I do, yeah. you know, but you know, or what if you get in a situation where you're not ready yet and it's not the best thing? Cause that was why I made my decision with my partner at the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We were not in a position to raise a kid. We could barely take care of ourselves. We didn't even have our own place. So, so it wasn't a light decision that we made.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And it's usually not
1: right. Usually not. Mm-hmm. Usually not. People going, oh well, I get to have an abortion today, yay! Like that's not how yeah. people typically feel about something as serious as that. And because
2: you're making a hard choice. Yeah, yeah. And and they're also and they're treating it like all of these women are just out here being whores and harlots, and abortion isn't easy, you know clean up if they if they don't do what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But a lot of married folks who simply just don't want another kid or weren't planning on another kid, they often are a lot of the people who get them and you know this whole acting like people are doing these late in late in the game abortions, that's usually when it's a tragic reason and the mm. kid wouldn't live anyway.
1: Yeah. So like even what people sometimes forget is that there are people who are in positions of power today who lived and were a part of society when blacks couldn't vote, when women couldn't vote like when there were even less when there were even more restrictions on the way that we live our lives and the, these people. I'm not saying all of them are still racist, but there's a good chance that some of these people who were a part of that are that same mindset. still still perpetuated that right. Like
0: right, that mindset never really changed.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't that long ago. You know, we like to pretend it was because we're so yeah, civilized with mean, civil rights and
0: the civil rights act is what,
1: 1964,
0: 1968. Mm. Oh, oh. oh. Sorry, I, no, I you might good. I might get
1: disconnected. Okay, that's all right. Oh, that's no. All right. <laughs> I,
2: I, I, I thought that was like the dad face of like, is that those kids? Oh, no, no, Is
1: it
0: the rain? Yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, Yeah. But anyway, yeah. um, as long as I'm still here. Um yeah, I mean, you know, that that's and we're still dealing with that, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're still dealing with those kinds of issues it, when it comes to housing and, and how people treat, you know, FH, F, FHA loans versus conventional loans, right? Yeah. Like you now it's um, when you get into these homeowner associations or condo associations, who they accept because of what, right? They're, they're able to get, away Mm -hmm. with certain things and they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. um so when you when you when we look at just a systematic way of things just have been happening
3: Mm -hmm.
0: um it's the same way with with this situation and it's it's sad yeah it's sad
1: you know my wife said something that resonated with me pretty hard um which was her grandmother died with more rights than she has right now and that still blows my mind because it's true. Like, how? I know how, and we see how, but to just feel this helpless about it is really frustrating because they've done polls on this. Like, they've gathered data and information and research. A majority of people did not want Roe v. Wade to be reversed. Like,
2: yeah, the representatives
1: and, in the Senate, like they're supposed, they're working for us. They're, these are our tax dollars that are having them in payroll and they are making this decision without our input.
2: Well, that, and it's like, I was actually talking to my partner about this this morning of, and I, and I talked about it on Twitter of ever since re- like, ever since I got home on Monday, I've just been bombarded with these emails from the democratic party. hmm of help us fight the Republicans, help us save Roe v. Wade. And and they're like, also, and they keep talking about vote. I'm like, I live in Illinois. I voted. But I've also voted and put helped put Biden in office. He wasn't even my choice. I did not want this man in office. I didn't want Kamala Harris in office, because she's a fucking cop. Did not want her in office. Hmm. But at this point, the Democrats have the majority. Why are you constantly emailing me, asking me for money and for a vote that I can't give you right now? right you all have the majority go do your fucking job
3: yeah we because
2: i donated to obama eight years ago <laughs> y'all got my name on a roll and keep asking me for money and i'm like go do your job you have the majority go you have the ability to fix this shit. go
1: talk to manchin and get him to do what he's supposed to do as someone who's a ally to the democratic party do what you because we're yeah. this this is We've done our part in fighting. Like, we, we got you in this position to actually do the rest of the work. But this means y'all got to start signing more executive orders, like, you know, old Orange did when he was in power, that's what you got to do then.
2: Well, you know, that dude also thought he was a dictator, and he still wants to be a dictator.
1: Very true. Very true. But he screwed us in a lot of ways okay. that we're trying real hard to recover from.
2: Yeah, but but for me, and it's like, you know, and, and I'm not sure if either of you've seen this, but like, Biden's basically just throwing up his hands like, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. And it's like, you got the majority. What the fuck? You're the president. You can overturn all this.
1: <laughs> right. Right. This fear of of power distribution is, is just gotten so out of hand that it's gotten in the way of like policymakers getting anything done.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, they started that a lot when you know Obama was was in office. They had the majority then, but the Demo- or the Republicans blocked everything he tried to do. Yes, it's like again, you were the fucking president. Yes, there's checks and balances. We all learned this in high school civics.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But you're the president.
1: You know, I I agree with you. Uh, I'll, I'll say at, at the very least, there was a much tighter microscope on Obama in his position oh, yeah. of power. Anytime he did oh, yeah. anything that was like, all right, we are the majority, let's move forward. It's like, oh, you're not considering the Republican side of the conversation. Yeah. You're not, you know, you're only choosing to be blah, blah, blah. And so anytime right, he tried to like pull that, it's, have it's, that it's conversation, crazy. right, they pulled that card. Whereas now, like before him, and after him, it's been okay for the Republicans to do that like yeah. at every step.
2: I mean, they were mad he wore a tan suit, so...
1: Right. Like, that was a huge controversy. Oh my God, a tan suit.
2: Only if you have no fashion. <laughs> I'm like, I'm I'm watching audio with the button up. I'm like, I got on a t-shirt. I'm just chilling. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. You know, he's like, I know about fashion and I was out of date. <laughs> It's a a new look for me. It's a new look. It's a good look. I like it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like I said before, it kind of goes without saying how we are all processing and feeling about it. Um, But it it should be said that, you know, we're frustrated at the situation and frustrated that our elected leaders, they're just not doing enough. Uh
2: Uh-huh.
1: And it hasn't been
2: it, enough. Yeah. It hasn't been enough for at least a decade, mm-hmm. if not more.
3: mm mm-hmm.
2: And and let's let's just put it on the table. One, you know, the orange menace was not qualified. We saw that in debates. <laughs> we know he stole the fucking election. Despite everyone claiming that Biden stole this election. No, we just got tired of his shit. Um and that the disinformation spread by the people who supported him, who still support him, who worship him.
4: Oh no, she cut out.
0: She, yeah, oh, I, I was no. like, wait, if is it isn't me, know. is it her? I got scared for a second because my light's been flickering. I'm like, Yo, wait minute, is it me? oh no. Yeah,
1: it, the, this, the disinformation has been. Insane. Like yes. To the point where they've literally had to go on social media platforms and put the little link of like verified information on shit. Like that wasn't a thing before this orange fuck came into the situation. And
0: and, and you know what? I I almost feel like he was a necessary evil though. To get us to
1: wake up to what's actually happening?
0: Yeah. uh, And and I still feel like we're not fully awake, but like to get like social media is still in its teenage years right so like it took it took this for social media to be like oh wait there's now there's too much disinformation because there was always disinformation going around
1: there's always someone saying some dumb shit yeah
0: there was always that right um every once once you give people the power to have an opinion and broadcast that opinion. <laughs> they're gonna you know, do it. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna do it. So now I, I do feel like he was somewhat of a necessary. Like, did like was it to the extent that he had to become president? But like, I think during the the campaign, I felt like yeah, like this is this is a um, a necessary evil that we need because we need newer safeguards um we need to see where our our leaks are
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know um and and those kinds of things so i just i, I just was never a fan so <laughs> yeah um, of anything he did um and i'm i mean i'm going as far back as like the apprentice i was just never a fan
1: okay yeah he was, he was never with the shits to begin I'm with
0: never yeah. a fan so like even when he you know when we're talking about uh him being a businessman, I mean you're you're you can't really say that when you're you went for bankruptcy twice. What are, what are we
1: doing here? And you were given your you were given your business. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: yeah like we're you know It's not a
1: self made situation, it's like twice. Right, I got I got twice. a bunch of money. Yeah.
2: Hi. Oh hello
1: hey. Welcome back. <laughs>
2: I'm on for my phone because apparently my internet went down.
3: Yeah.
0: That I've been is scared it. For, for that. Um, and my has Comcast
1: been acting up.
2: I don't know what's happening because I was just sitting here chilling and it's not even bad weather here.
1: Hey yeah, they heard our conversation and was like we gotta put an right? end to this. <laughs> we gotta stop these motherfuckers. Listen, I, I need I need to know
0: who I need to know who Comcast donating to. That's what I need to find out.
2: <laughs> Look, I donated to somebody. <laughs> Look, we can Google. That's not hard to find. <laughs> we can we find out today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm on audio. I don't know if I'm on video, but.
1: No, you're not, but it, it, that's okay. I appreciate you trying to jump back in either way, because, listen, there technology always finds a way to just throw us for a curveball at mm-hmm. most inopportune time. I have to right. I'm
2: like, I'm getting a point going and then the internet was like, nah, we got to stop.
0: They're trying to shut you down.
2: Look, the internet's like, she's making too much sense. We, we can't have this. We can't have this. <laughs> too much
1: logic. I can't. I can't do it. Yeah,
2: just throw a picture of me up there and call it today. but I'll stay on audio on my phone. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, yeah, so... Kind of jumping back to the other. Why is this thing not open? See, I remember, I remember how I told you technology just be doing its some own shit sometimes. Like, I'm gonna try to get back to the agenda.
2: Well, the agenda I have is still open. It hasn't closed on me yet.
0: Okay, that's good. Yeah. So we got uh, what's what's a movie that you could rely on
1: to cheer you up? Yeah. So like all all the bullshit that we just talked about. There's there's, there's way more we can even go into detail about, but we won't for the sake of our own sanity. Um, what do you feel is like a a good vibe movie? That's like all this shit happened these past few weeks. Ukraine war as well, and how you know where is all this energy when you know the, Af- the uh, Afghan refugees were trying to come over the Iraq uh, and Iran, like all these other places where there were huge conflicts. There was this love for? Refugees and people coming together to help solve a problem. Where where was all that?
2: You know where it was. It was it was not in the pocket because they were not white.
1: Yeah. So uh, I, I I too have uh, my heart goes out to the people of Ukraine. Um, it's a really fucked up situation that they're dealing with. Um, we shouldn't be in this mess. They shouldn't be in this mess to begin with. Um. I I my only complaint is that I just wish the same energy was reserved for brown people. That's all.
0: It, it's not going to.
4: Yeah.
1: It's not
0: going to, my man. They're um, used to
1: war, quote unquote.
0: It, listen, that I I've done a lot of research. Mm, it, it's okay, you know what? Um, mm. you know, a feel-good movie for me is always <laughs> *Coming to America*. Uh, <laughs> the, the original. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: didn't see the second one yet.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen I I don't know if I'm ever really gonna actually watch that I didn't like,
1: hear it body. was good, but you know.
0: um <laughs> I I don't want that one to um the first one is just a classic. Like I get why you kinda like may want a sequel, but like listen, like Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall on that first one, like the barbershop stuff. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah a I haven't seen mean, movie in so long. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> his mama called him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. Like, <laughs> I love that shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, good morning, my neighbors. <laughs>
3: you, you know, what? <laughs> good stuff. Good
0: stuff. So, yeah that that that's that's a, that's always a a movie for me.
1: Okay, I like that. What about you, Tanya?
2: It's going to sound really weird, but Kill Bill 1 and 2.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay.
2: Okay. Because it's so over the top. Yeah. And, you know, on the one hand, I shouldn't give anything with Quentin Tarantino that much credit, because we know he wants a black card real hard, but can't <laughs> get one. Um, he made the effort, though. But also what
1: i said he made the effort though
2: <laughs> he made the effort but look after the whole thing where he basically just wants to get away with saying the word "nigger," I, i'm kind of done um uh, <laughs> but the violence is so over the top mm-hmm. and i know it is and also just you know it it's one those things am well, like i can turn my brain off i know it's gonna be super violent but it's also the blood in it looks like jam. It's It doesn't seem real. Yeah. I can just watch it and zone out.
1: Yeah. I feel like that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I've seen that movie many times. And each time I sat down to watch it, I was just like, yes, I'm watching this shit. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts about it.
2: Then you couldn't take it serious.
1: Right. Like, even even her sensei, where he was just, like, talking so much shit to her, like... Right? It was, it was so good, because it was like, yeah, serious, you know, he's a, he is a sifu, he's going to teach me everything I need to learn to be successful, but man, he's just tearing into this motherfucker, like, going in! (laughs) So funny. Now, I gotta, I I asked this question and didn't have an answer lined up. I feel... Huh. See? It's Maybe a like hard death sometimes. It do. Use <laughs> my own shit against me. I see. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like
4: I feel like
1: Lion King is probably that movie for me. Just because it it deals with so many like it came out at a time in my youth where like, you know, the Disney movies were like the height of their popularity. You had Aladdin, you had Lion King and it was just like, oh man, like these are amazing. But I feel like I can still watch that movie and still get that like nostalgic feel. And also still like that, a heart wrenching feel from the beginning of like the loss, but then like, you know, the journey to becoming an adult and, 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 coming to terms with reality and in doing something about it. Like, I feel like it was like, a, it's just such a good trajectory thing where it's like, man, stuff is real shitty right now, but it got way better <laughs> way. better. Yeah. So I feel like if it's like a feel good, um, you know what, honestly, in the movie elf, I know I only was supposed to say one, one, answer, but I saw Elf again for for like the first time in like four years, uh, last year, and that movie is hilarious today and it's so stupid, but so feel good. And like, you could be having the worst day ever and you could watch that movie and like, just feel like a kid again.
2: (laughs) Oh, it looks like I might be back in the call. I don't know. Hold on.
1: Okay. I don't see you yet, but I still hear you from your phone.
2: Alright, I'm on my phone. Let's see what happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, I see some comments here. Lion King, hands down, your favorite Disney movie. And the Broadway play just took it over the it top really for dumb. you. I didn't, I didn't see, see the Broadway, Broadway play. play.
0: No, I haven't either.
1: Yeah. But I did see the uh, remake they did uh, using CGI.
3: Mm. It didn't do I'm
0: nothing not for not you? i
1: comment on that.
3: Oh,
0: mm-hmm. I will I mean, say. I love, you know what? I like the Latin better. But then I'm, okay. I'm partial to Guy Ritchie.
1: Yeah, no. So, Aladdin was a very, very good movie. Like, live action. They um, they did that perfectly. But then
0: I feel like they didn't let Guy Ritchie really do Guy Ritchie. Okay. So I was kind of... Like, Guy Ritchie does some some really good stuff. Yeah. Um, Which actor is Guy Ritchie? Well, no, no, the director. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, when he did... Um, Like uh, uh, like lock, stock, two smoking barrels, and snatch. Mm. Um, he always has that. Um, at the end, like he flips it on you. Like he does that Tarantino. Okay, he 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 does. He has that that like at the end. Like it's like totally different than what you expect it would be. Yeah, and um, I mean, I get it because it's Aladdin. Like it's a kids' movie. Yeah, but um, it they did they did um all right with it. Um yeah, I don't know. My favorite Aladdin has always been uh what is it, the Prince of Thieves King of, Prince of Thieves? Forty The third one.
1: I don't so, remember if I've seen the second or, or
0: third one. The second one wasn't good. Okay. Uh, the Return of Jafar. I never liked that
1: one. Uh, um, I, I remember one, the name, but I don't I don't remember anything about it. The
0: third yeah, that one, Return of Jafar wasn't good. The third <laughs> one was good. Okay. I'll,
1: I definitely like the third one. Okay. Yeah, they the did such a great job of like the. I'll oh, say it again.
2: The internet faked me out. Oh, it uh. gave me the okie doke. <laughs> yeah. And see, it just popped back up. I don't trust it, though.
1: <laughs> the cake is a lie.
2: <laughs> yeah. So long as people hear me, let's just run with it. Because I'm like, I don't trust this internet.
1: Yeah. Shit, I get it. Having moved as many times as I did and changed different ISPs and listen, I get it. <laughs> Discord
2: also is loading on the desktop. Now Discord's like, do I have internet? Do I not have internet? Really? <laughs>
1: yeah. <Good>. Oh.
2: <laughs> look, we got audio. We good. We good.
1: Right. We got audio and we got audio. Ah. ah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right.
1: Yeah, I was just talking about how Lion King was just was just it for me um and we talked about the live action uh the aladdin movie which i was surprised that i liked it as much as i did you know with the as people were you know what it
0: was it was because um we saw will smith very early on
1: yeah
3: we
0: saw like the stills and like i think did they did they leak him as genie i think no no they they no, it was the first um, images where he was not he wasn't blue. blue. Yeah, I was like, what the? F- what? That's
1: what it was. What's happening? That's what it was. Yeah, it was. He was not blue, but it had no context, so we were like, why the right. fuck is he not blue? That's his like signature thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: On the on the other hand, though, at least at least he can uh, have ten years off of going to the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh man, what a what a complicated situation that became for everyone. Yeah, that one was rough. Yeah.
2: So, uh, let me put this out here. Yeah. And, and people might be surprised to hear me talk like this, but I don't give a fuck. Yes. I got so tired of these raggedy ass white women crying about how traumatized they were by this slap. That wasn't like he ran up on him with a knife.
3: Right, right.
2: He slapped him. The Philly jumped out.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And <Yeah>. where's Philadelphia? <laughs>
2: and all he did was slap him. He, Chris Rock didn't even fall down. Everybody's acting like like who was that that was like, he could have died. <laughs> what, what, what slapping are you doing? <laughs> people <laughs> die? And I like, what these people are, like, making about that. I was traumatized. Okay, now, granted, there may have been some people who had a moment, got taken back to childhood if if they grew up in an abusive home. For sure. I'm not going to count that. But it was just, dude walked up, calm as you please. Like, he was about to get his keys from the valet, popped him one good time, and sat back down.
0: Sat back down. You know what it was for me, though? I'm not going to lie. Like, I... Mm. He fixed his jacket. <laughs> like. No, 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 no. My man, like, legitimately, like,
1: like, fixed his, like, fixed his jacket. Like, I was like, sir. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. <laughs>
0: like, like, I mean, I know, you know what hit me in the head? Like, it was that it wasn't damn slap. Kendrick Ooh. Lamar um, line where it's like, if, if I have to slap me a bitch ass nigga, I'm gonna make it look sexy. <laughs> I was like, yo. Right, my
3: man's like,
1: mm. fixed his jacket. I was like, I have, I, you know, honestly I had so many feelings rushing through when that happened. Because on the one end, I, would I have gone up there and slapped him on live television? I would have probably saved it for after. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I would yeah. I would have went backstage. I
1: would I would have been like, "Hey man, that's." Sh- I I, I would have been I, like, you know, I would have been shaking my head like, um, you know, there. I would have been looking at my wife like, "Yo, if you want me to do something, I'm gonna do something." Like, that's that's um that's what I would do.
0: I can First and foremost, you can't do stuff like that on camera. Yeah. As a black person. As a
2: Yes. But- but you know, he laughed and then he saw Jada's face, he right?
0: Did. No, no, no. I, listen, at the end of the day, you have to know, as a black person, there are going to be
1: repercussions. Period. Yes, and oh, I know, and you
0: so, have to know,
1: too, going um, into that, like, unfortunately, Will Smith and Jada have been like the but the uh. Blunt of comedy with their yes. inter- entanglement for a while now. So like, I'm sure they're sick of being mentioned and made fun I'm of sorry. in that way all the time. But they're also in comedy, and they know that's a thing. So. I
0: didn't. I didn't think. I don't till today. I don't think Chris Rock got slapped for that joke. I think he got slapped for the internet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I that you. is my. That is my honest opinion. I feel that you. is my honest opinion, dog. I think he. I think he got. I think he took one for the entire internet.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Because I, I, I can't see Will Smith endangering his whole career and legacy over something like that just for clicks. I don't know. That's
1: what he means. I think he means
0: like. No, no, no. no. I mean like, um, he was so tired of of hearing about him, hearing about his wife. Like he was so fed up.
2: Gotcha, 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 okay. Like
0: like yeah. you are the person that I see right now, but like this is for everybody. Yeah. But he
2: been, you know, talking trash about these people are supposedly his friends for years. Mm. Oh, yeah. I just got up and slowly made my way around like I was going to the bathroom and met his ass backstage. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Because I do feel like there are as as a black person, um there's
4: just an extra light on you. Oh yeah.
0: And granted, like listen, it, we you know, we gotta deal with stuff all the time. We see it happen all the time. Yo, know, I was I remember like I had to look at every other black like actor talk about this. Yeah. And um I forget his name, but from He's in uh, Atlanta. He was also in Get Out. Donald? Oh, no. Um, no. I know the, what you're talking um, about. And, and they were asking him about the slap. And he was like, bruh, like, stuff like that happened every day in the hood. Just, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it just happened to happen here. It's like, I don't know. You know what I mean? So, like, I get it. Mm. I get it. But um, there, you, you do have to take that backstage just so so you don't put yourself in a position like what he had to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because I think that's whether he you know, he needed to do it or not. I think that's that's up to him. You know, at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. right, that's up between them, right? Like, I don't think it not everything's for the Internet.
1: Yes. That was a conversation that they needed to have Michelle. show. Right.
0: And not, and and I felt like because it happened in cameras, the internet got win. Like not everything is supposed to happen for the internet.
1: And the Oscars, like all, all, listen, listen, uh,
0: all the the whole world,
1: right. All the shit that they've known other actors have done. That's way worse than what Will Smith did and how they're still kind of allowed to run free and do whatever they
0: do. Right. But it's because it didn't happen in. In front of cameras. And it's fucking with you get what money. I'm saying? Yeah. So
2: like...
3: yeah. But,
0: but
2: like, couldn't even show up to the ceremony because he would have been arrested for being a fucking pedo. But they want to ban Will Smith for 10 years for one slap.
1: Right. And that's because, like Audio said, they got it on camera.
0: They got it on camera.
1: hmm
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it sucks that, you know, that this became a thing for people to sit there and dissect and... And uh, I wish I had Critical Bar's clip of stay out of Black folks' business.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so oh. you know what? Um, I felt like that when I saw it, and then I was like, you can't because they got it on camera in a white man's event. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's not the BET Awards. If it was the BET Awards, they out of Black folks' business. <laughs> Straight <laughs> up. No, 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 real but, talk. Yeah. at the same. But you, you, I don't think oh, go ahead. No, oh, sorry. Sorry. You're breaking up a little bit.
2: Oh, sorry, let me pick up my phone. Um, I'm saying that you know, if that had happened in the BET Awards or Hip Hop Awards, it wouldn't have been the same reaction. I think it would
1: have been similar,
0: I, yeah, to an extent. That's the, just because it is Will Smith and and um and Jada and Chris Rock, Chris Rock yeah. I I think, yeah. Um, Now, if it was because it was them, I think wherever they would have been, if it was caught on camera, it would have got that reaction. Um, Listen, uh, I remember when Diddy freaking threw kettlebells at his damn uh, son's coach for pushing him too hard. And like, that that got a certain reaction, but like because they didn't get it on camera, it died down quickly. Mm. Um, but once you get something on camera, it's just, yeah,
2: it's a wrap. Yeah, it, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And here's here was an interesting take that I saw on Twitter, um, which kind of encapsulated how I felt about the whole thing, right? Where it was, you know, for for generations, black women have been. Um, been part of jokes, especially with regards to hair. Like for as for as long back as ba- for as long back as I can remember. And it's important for people to stand up to that. Um so like kudos to like saying something or being like, hey, listen, this is not only like a black woman that you know you make making fun of, blah blah blah, but like she actually has a medical condition that's leading to this, that, and a third. Whether or not Chris knew that or not is is i guess was been hotly debated, but um either way, like it was kind of a he could have been a lot more vicious if he was trying to be malicious with his joke
0: yeah, but here here's here's also but the, he knows better I, but here's also the other thing I think about that, right, uh, yeah. especially particularly to like the hair situation mm. if. Will Smith didn't get up there and slap him? I truly do believe Chris Rock would have been on the hot seat about that joke. Okay. I think I think I, you're right. I think he would have been on the hot seat. Yeah. Especially especially with our community.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Especially you know cuz I mean? he did
1: a documentary about hair.
0: Exactly. Especially with our community. Yeah. But because of that slap all that went out the window.
3: Mm.
0: Well, because he got slapped on camera. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. Because this, 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 that's, that's the thing. He yeah. got slapped on camera, yeah. on stage. Let's let's be very clear here. Yeah. If it was backstage, no one would have been the wiser. You, it would have just been a rumor.
1: True. True.
2: He wouldn't have made that joke no more, though.
0: Also Facts. true.
1: Also Facts. true. I bet you won't again.
2: Nope.
1: Mm-mm. All right, we're winding down to the very last parts of the podcast. First of all, I want to just say thank you again to both of you for being on the show. Um, it's been it's been a great conversation because we've got to talk about a lot of different things today. And. Oh, yeah. Some of it you know important to talk about but still kind of gloomy and a lot of it has been uh, also enlightening and, and, and great to, to talk about so thank you to both of you for that you're welcome um the last bit of stuff that we have to talk about today pertains to gaming uh, and i'm still trying to figure out like flow wise if it's better to like you know go into you know life then gaming or gaming then life. I've been liking this.
0: I mean, we've, we've definitely had a a solid conversation, I think.
1: Yeah. Thanks. I'm taking notes on on ways to continuously improve what it is I do. So I appreciate that. Um, so, all right. So in addition to all the crazy shit that happened, like real world, um, a lot of shit's been happening in gaming too. (laughs) Um, So I guess let's just start with like what we've been playing. Um, And if you want to give like a kind of a quick review of a game that you're playing that you think people should be checking out for show, feel free to. If not, you can just kind of say what you've been playing and enjoying. Uh, Let's start with you, Taya.
2: Um, Elden Ring still kicking my ass. I haven't beat any of the bosses, but I've been finding ways around them. Okay. So I've unlocked areas I probably shouldn't be in. (laughs) (laughs) Over here, like... This looks pretty oh god what is that thing that's going to kill me. Yep. Uh
1: that's Elden Ring.
2: <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so I've been playing that. And actually a game that is on Game Pass is Citizen Sleeper. Okay. It's it's very it's a very wordy, you know, in a, to me in a good way, but it's very wordy sci-fi since you said you like sci-fi audio. You are basically um a synthetic body that is sold yourself to a corporation and you got away from the corporation and you have to find a way to survive both in terms of nourishing the synthetic body but also unlocking all the safe guards from the company. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of you literally have you have dice rolls, you have risk, you have reward. You can basically starve yourself if you don't get a compound to to do anything, Um, and you only get so many actions per day. And you know you have to be strategic and think about it. It's very much like um, it reminded me of like a pen and paper, old school RPG, and uh, you just really got to. You can't just breeze through it and go. I pick thing, I do thing, and I advance. You gotta <laughs> think, that you could die real early in this game. Yeah. Um, and really uh, I I like it. It's, it's on Game Pass, or it's only 18. I think it's really cheap. Um, I bought, but have not yet played, uh, Trek to Yomi, but I've been watching a lot of people play it. That is also on Game Pass. What was the name 18.
1: of that first game you mentioned?
2: Citizen Sleeper.
0: Yep. Yeah, it looks nice. Um, I like the artwork.
2: Yeah, it's it's really dope. You know, if you do if you stream it or do a lot or do a like playthrough of it, it is quite talky. There's a lot of text and no voice acting. Okay. So Have some tea or some water nearby. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I I did way more talking than I expected playing it, but I enjoyed it. I need to get back to it. If my internet ever acts right, I may get back to it tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and. Slash uh, Every cycle, you take your chances. Yeah. <laughs> Um so my latest VOD should be me playing Citizen Sleeper. Um Yeah, and, and Trek to Yomi, I watched uh you know the Homie Technique play it, mm-hmm. and it's a Kurosawa film. It's a tribute to Kurosawa that I love. Mm-hmm. And uh picked that up, it was only 18 bucks. It's also on Game Pass. And uh, you know, if you if you like Kurosawa films, if you liked Sleeper uh legend of tsushima i think you'll love this game God,
1: i love tsushima i love
2: that game so much yep and people have even been putting their cameras in black and white to play it Mm-hmm. Mm. it's from devolver digital
1: okay i love their stuff i love their games they're so good um okay that's what's up what about you audio level what you been playing what, what do you want to give people the lowdown on
0: Jesus, what have I been playing? Um, <laughs> that, no, no, no. it's been very difficult to put on this damn PS5 for the last, like, two, three weeks. Yeah.
1: Uh, Shout out to you with the honestly, PS5. I've been probably. playing
0: um, Horizon Forbidden West. Mm. Still, uh, That one is... It's difficult for me to get through that right now, just because like, I want to beat the game, but I want to do the side stuff. Yeah. And I'm I'm trying to balance that. And like, I know that that's always a balance with like a lot of other games that have side quests, and and, like you know, errands and things of that nature. But Mm -hmm. it's like, I kind of want to get like this armor set, right? And so I gotta, gotta do like all this stuff. And I know I'm like, kind of at the end not quite there but i'm kind of there like i know i'm like about to be at the point where it's like you can't turn back if you keep going forward mm. so uh but it's it's honestly a good game um yeah. i i've also been playing uh rogue company okay um, i saw you as on as, that the multi- other day yeah, yeah as far as my multiplayer stuff um that's that's been fun um the update i I like the new update that they did like two three weeks ago um they cleaned up a lot of stuff i believe um i never played it when it well i played it once when it first came out and i i didn't pick it back up until like maybe a month or so ago yeah uh so those those two have been like the main things i've been playing and then still i've been playing ghost of tsushima legends so good.
1: Um, we got to play that again cuz we played that last yeah, time. No, that's
0: yeah. that's that's like that's my jam. Like that that's what I that's why it's been so difficult for me to like play Horizon cuz like when I am ready to get on Horizon like I know I have to like put a 2 3 hour block minimum for this game. Like mm-hmm. if I cannot play for like an hour and then cuz it's just so much to take in. Yeah. And um you know, and you you keep going west. Spoiler alert, like you have to keep going west. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um if you forbidden didn't west, know, that's... forbidden west. Yeah. <laughs> um just to spoil it for you. Um I'm sorry guys. But um uh, uh so I'm, um, you know, I'm I'm in the west somewhere. Yeah. Um not not completely out west, but I'm I'm there yeah, and man. and I realize I'm at the mission where like I, like I might just be going too west. So let me uh
1: go Beat the game.
0: Yeah, so that's what I've been playing. Um and then oh, I actually booted up for the first time in like God knows since the game since day one. Uh for the first time I played uh Warzone. Oh um I was in a uh trash trash can customs uh, with the BTC, the Black Twitch collective. Yeah. Shout out to them uh we did that just last weekend and it was we had team captains who were the sweats and then you had the you know everyone they drafted so we had a whole draft and everything and um you know the novices because i've never played the game oh wow uh, so they you know taught us how to play or whatever um and that was fun that was fun i died a couple of times um i got i got like two kills with a pistol Okay. Never was able to like pick up a gun <laughs> um, anywhere, <laughs> but, uh, got some, got some pistol kills on some people. So that was fun, nice. um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing.
1: Love to hear it. Okay. Uh, as for me, I've been playing a lot of Genshin Impact. Um, I've been doing my best to tell anyone who has been playing it to try not to spend money on it because that's how they get you. Um, and it is it is heavy gotcha. It's a free-to-play game for anyone who's unaware about how that game works. And, you know, I, I'm liking things and not liking things about it, um, obviously. So, I've,
0: I've never played. So, okay. is it, like, more story-driven? And that's how they get you?
1: Or... Um, it's more so, like, the characters that you unlock. Um, the way that you unlock them is typically you have to... Basically, by loot boxes. Um, I'm never a fan of loot boxes. I hate them. I I wish they weren't a thing. But I also understand that um, for free-to-play games, it can get harder to make money on a game. And at least... So one of the good things about Genshin Impact is that, like, A, there's a ton of content to get through. A ton of story stuff to get through. Um, they're constantly making free updates available to you so like you don't have to you don't have to focus on getting new characters they give you a handful of them to like play around with um to do the basic things that you need to do in the game so in that way like they have set it up where you don't have to pay to do any of the like actual cool stuff in the game um it's just that You will definitely have more fun if you have those other characters that you can Ah. unlock using those wishes, which is the loot boxes and stuff. So um, the amount of content they have in it and the amount of like cross platform things they do for the game and like the like it is very clear to me, even as an artist as well, like how much work they put into the game. Like that part is very clear to me. Uh, it just sucks that like, they have so many like predatory, like gambling addiction style things They yeah. So, you know, I, I'm not a developer. I just know from the perspective of someone who's an artist as well as someone who's a, someone who enjoys games like that part of it sucks. But I also understand that money comes from somewhere and to do all those free things they do for everybody, there has to be some way to supplement that maybe Um, oh go ahead
0: no i was gonna say um do you think and this is a question for both of you do you think um any of that like those predatory practices will change um like do you think like you cut out
1: a little cypher what would you what were you saying
2: Uh, i said no about intervention
1: yeah right okay right But not without an intervention. Yeah, I I agree with that. I feel like, um, like I mentioned before, games that are free to play that do stuff like that get a bit of a pass because, like, it is free and like it's up to the player to have self control type of thing. But some people
4: like just like uh, mentally
1: can't. If, if that's the way to, to put that, like there are certain things that trigger uncontrollable urges to do things that they know like scientifically will do. So like certain sounds that will play or certain like visual stimulation that will happen when you do that thing. And for some people that's like a thing that they
4: just cannot help. So I'm trying to
1: be... Realistic in saying, like, they know what they're doing. They know how to, like, trigger people's response to do something. Um, but I'm I
4: mean, like,
3: I, go ahead.
0: Because I always like the old one, right? So, like, the old mobile way, the old, uh I think, well, not I think, but, like, uh Warframe still kind of does it, where it's you know, you got to wait. -hmm. Right, if you want it, you could get it immediately, or you gotta wait a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's how it used to be for a lot of the the mobile games or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you can you could progress quickly right now, or you gotta wait till your, you know, um, thing like fills back up or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I used to like that about like the free to play games, Mm -hmm. um, and how they utilize that. Mm -hmm. But like nowadays, I feel like skins are expensive. Five dollars for a skin
1: that's on the low end bro <laughs>
0: like, not, like that's expensive man yeah. i don't know like like for a skin
1: a singular skin
0: like five ten dollars for a skin that's expensive
1: um yeah
0: And like i can't even take that nowhere like that stays in game like, <laughs> yeah. i have to hope your game, you know stays around long enough for me to like really be like yeah um you know but, like, I mean, I'll pay for some characters or whatever the case may be, but like, for a skin, like, we're. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> the cosmetics.
0: Yeah. Co- I mean, you know, I think, listen, I'm not a developer, so I don't.
1: I've paid for skins in games, so like, I can't even say that I will never do it, but it was only for like a thing that I knew I really wanted. And like, it was right. a premium skin. I knew I had to pay for it, but like, Right. No, warframe for example the the example you gave um i think they've probably got like the the free to play model down like they've figured yeah, out how the, to make everybody happy like if you want to pay money wanna... to like skip ahead for all this stuff you can but like otherwise you can unlock all this shit for free that was one of my favorite
0: models um, you know in my opinion
3: yeah 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 absolutely not every
0: ga- not every game not every game could do that i'm i'm <laughs> Fully aware.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Fully aware.
1: Yeah. Um, so the last thing I had on here for the agenda was with regards to uh Square Enix. Oh yeah, but before we get to Square Enix, sorry, one more thing. Uh Tony, you mentioned Elden Ring earlier and uh I'm obsessed with that game. <laughs> absolutely obsessed I can't stop playing it and I can't stop thinking about it it's
0: yeah it's I so need good. that in a sci-fi setting That's What I need. I need that in a sci-fi setting
1: they have a game called The Surge which is uh, I
0: played that yeah,
1: and, it's and different. you know
0: what that is very
1: like mm, it's, um, The Surge 2 is much better I'll tell you that okay. The Surge 2 is a marked improvement you will like that okay. game
0: I have that as well. I haven't got a chance to play that. I started playing the surge. One was a very interesting concept though.
1: Yes. Yes. Very
0: interesting concept.
1: Um, it's all about body parts and hitting this. But area. I like, I like that, but play now I can't Elden hear you. Rings. Oh no. Hold
0: on. <laughs> one second. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like watching you. all play Elden Ring.
1: Yeah, oh, man. I don't
0: know if it's something I would play.
1: You seen the bullshit I've dealt with, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, Kesa, I, I'm not, I'll, I'll watch y'all play that all day. I don't think I, it's something I don't know. I don't You gotta know watch you play
1: it, too, because kind of she'd be avoiding the bosses. <laughs> Are you I
0: don't know that? if I'm ready for that kind of commitment.
1: Yeah. Can you hear us now, Sniper? Ah, oh, see, this is what I'm talking about, technology. Technology. I love it, but goddamn, y'all be getting on my nerves. Yeah, man. Um, But yeah, Elden Ring is a, is a absolute. Like if you if you're okay with a little bit of pain, highly, 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 highly. Like I haven't, I've got, probably got like sixty or seventy hours there into the go. game, and I feel like I didn't scratch the oh, surface.
3: Oh, you,
0: you got you there.
1: Can you hear us?
2: Yeah, my headphones went to sleep.
1: Oh, ah. that's fun. <laughs> that's always fun.
2: Yeah, uh, they were like, "You ain't using us." Good night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just gushing about how much I also love Elden Ring.
2: I I do love it. I still get a little frustrated. And I I like streaming it, but it just gets tiring of people coming in mm-hmm. and want to give you tips when you ain't asked for uh, it. Mm-hmm.
1: They're trying to backseat. Yeah, that's, that is oh, the that's backseat absolutely. Yeah, I
0: feel like that would be one that people want to backseat. Because it's just so popular right now. Yeah. Uh, like, I've, I've noticed that people will be like... Oh well, why didn't you do this? And did you know you could do that? And I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to watch the stream. Like, why the <laughs> hell? And I don't want to be rude to someone in someone's stream, right? I don't want to be like, yo, be shut rude. the hell up. <laughs> no, 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 be rude.
2: I'll be like, who asked you? <laughs> I'm a little more lenient when people are like, oh, well,
1: I'm actually trying Rich to do a nice. next. I'm trying you to do it next. A- so why don't you shut the fuck up? No.
2: <laughs> no, you didn't just give me a swan. I'd be like, but did he ask you, though? Get the fuck out of this chat. Because uh, uh, No Man's Sky, I have streamed it exactly once. And that, that's got a high learning curve. And I knew that.
0: That is. Mm-hmm. That is.
2: <laughs> but somebody came in and just started telling me how to do shit. And I was like. I've been playing this for 30 minutes. <laughs> Give it me a chance. It last a whole hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's when I have to get back into No Man's Sky. Yeah. No yeah, Man's... that's that's also DJ's fault.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Okay. He, he he actually got me uh, interested in playing, uh, what is this damn game? Star Citizen? Uh, Star Citizen, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, um because I have a matter of fact, because I bought this for um Elite Dangerous.
1: And the whole is you did you did it.
3: <laughs> so, uh,
0: I was watching the stream the other day. I was like, "Yo," um, and and Elite Dangerous is like they're not um supporting console right now, or whatever the case may be. Mm. Um, so I was like, I'm, "I'm looking for something new," and and he's playing Star Citizen, and I'm like, "Oh my god, what is this?" Like I kinda want I want this.
2: Mm-hmm. I DJ has gotten he he truly is being an influencer. I don't know how he feels about the word, but I'm like, dude,
1: Bond Star Citizen, oh, yeah.
2: I bought a dangerous Yep, 3D printer,
3: <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: no, he's, he's a very uh, what's the word, infectious uh, personality. So it, it's like mm-hmm. you, you see that joy in him, and then you're like, I want to experience yeah. joy.
2: <laughs> you should get DJ on here.
1: Oh, yes, I we've uh, actually, has he been on the Black Honey Podcast before? I don't think he has either. We've, again, another person I've collaborated with multiple times on multiple things. uh, We even have the Chocolate Thunder podcast as a thing. Um, I don't think I've had him on that show. That's what it was. Because I was like,
0: I thought I saw you on something, but it was the Chocolate Thunder. Yeah.
1: Yep. And, you know, there's, uh, (laughs) I do miss that podcast. The the only reason we aren't doing it now is because we can't sell on a name. (laughs)
2: <laughs> we got, I thought Chocolate
1: Thunder was the name. It, so, I'll, I'll just say, Technique wants to change it, because he wanted to do more with it, and sometimes people don't take you seriously when you have a silly name like Chocolate Thunder. And, you know, he that, that, those are kind of his feelings about it, and I love it. Like, I think it's, you know, it's it's funny, it's also, like... Unique, unique, but you know, like you know, going into it, like it's about to be, right? Some chocolatey people telling us some cool shit, and they're gonna bring the thunder. Like that's (laughs) that's just it.
2: I mean, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, we'll figure something out. I don't know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, let's let's look at the Square Enix because this this bombshell of them selling off. All their shit aside from their Japanese division was like,
0: yeah, I didn't see this one coming I... at all.
1: So neither did I, for those unaware of the situation, uh, Square Enix sold off. Idols Crystal Dynamics and uh, all of their pretty much all their Western studios to embrace a group. Um, so games like Gardens of the Galaxy. Games like Tomb Raider, games like Deus X.
0: ASX, uh, Hitman,
1: Hitman, Avengers. Well, they didn't specifically say Avengers in the the title and the, the story, but I'm um, you know it. Marvel and Crystal Dynamics are the ones who are working on that. So, right. uh, and they sold it for what was
4: it
0: three hundred million or something like that which is like... Oh, I, don't, I don't remember the price point.
1: Super low for... It, I think it was 300 Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, Bungie got... Sony bought Bungie for like, what? What was it? $3 Three, like, billion. three billion. I was like, wait, what's happening here? This is not enough, because y'all got these blockbuster titles that are making money and like, IP that's been in resting stage, like Legacy of Kane and what was the other one I was thinking of they they got a lot of stuff
4: so I'm kind of glad that they did
1: this because I feel like Square Enix has been spreading themselves thin for a while now but I'm also like what's going on over there where you had to sell this stuff at a loss yeah
0: I mean I feel like just the Lara Croft franchise is like 300 right
1: alone um, at least not,
0: um just because how how sh- that franchise is so transmedia right um like every like it's not just video games they've done movies they've done novels they've done comics
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they've
0: done they've done halloween costumes like <laughs> right <they've> done it
1: <laughs> so, cosplay yeah it's, um, it's not like it's some, some small yeah. thing maybe two yeah. people heard of. It's like a legacy of gaming. Yeah.
0: <laughs> From- so, I mean, that I would have, I would have assumed that, that would have at least close in there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm, I've always wanted to know when I was going to get a next Deus Ex, that's my thing. Yeah, <laughs> really um the next is x and then um io w- was planning to do and i i don't know if they're still going to be able to do it or not they were planning to do a uh, james bond um they announced it uh they were working on it i don't they were it's been at least 2 years since they announced that so I don't know if um, it's because of that Amazon MGM deal or if it's going to be this deal, mm. um, if they're still going to be able to move forward because, you know, they've done an incredible job with Hitman. So to have, you know, a, a James Bond would have been really interesting. I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, but also, like, let's see what, what new things they could do with, with that, with, with those um,
1: studios yeah maybe with more of a focus you know from them like i've talked about avengers many times on this channel on this podcast i feel like i'm i'm the poster child for avengers at this point but like the amount of potential that that project has and has had for a long time is like staggering and i know for a fact if they have the resources to like do all the things they know they need to do to fix it.
4: It would have already been done.
1: And I don't know what's going to happen with this acquisition. Like, are they just going to be like, all right, this this license costs too much for Marvel, so we're just dropping this whole shit. Like, I can see that being a thing because Marvel.
3: I feel
0: like Marvel licenses are expensive. Yeah, <laughs> I, I <laughs> feel like they would be expensive. <laughs>
1: to say the least. And like, it would only benefit Marvel if they could actually like let them
4: just do the shit.
1: 'Cause they performed uh below their sales mark uh for not only the Avengers but for Guardians of the Galaxy. For both. Which, yeah. Oh. Which from Guardians I kept I haven't haven't played it yet, but I kept hearing from everybody who played it that it was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, everyone says that one is solid. Yeah. But what, what did they compare it to? Like, did they compare it to Spider-Man sales or
1: I think they compared it to what their sales expectations were based on how much they spent to make it. Okay. Oh, hi. Oh, welcome back.
2: (laughs) There we go. Yeah. The internet will fake out. It was like, here's your 10 minutes. Lol.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. They won't let you be great.
2: Nope. Sure. Won't.
1: (laughs) Well, what are your thoughts on the Square Unix acquisition and the studios under it and what that means and why and how?
2: Uh, I have no idea of the why, like, audio. I did not see it coming at all. Right. And I'm concerned because as y'all were talking, I'm like, it feels like they just had a fire sale of all these franchises. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, what's going on? Did y'all just dump these major... And in the case of like, you know, Tomb Raider, 25 year old franchise
4: that you just you let, let go. go,
2: that
4: you just let, let go. go.
2: That, that's like the employee that you're only getting rid of them so you can get that money back because you pay them too much. <laughs> right. But that, like that employee, but they make too much money for the bottom line. Right. No, that, Tomb Raider makes them a lot of money.
0: Yeah. Listen, to the point where i like, yo, I wish I had me a company. I wish I could have got me a loan. Right. <laughs> like, I would have been like, yeah, I'd have hit you up. Like, yo, yo, if we known, let's see if we could get this loan and, and buy us some Tomb Raider real quick. I'm buying that shit
1: yesterday. <laughs> like, what do you mean? For, you.
2: for that. I mean, if I could get the money and buy Activision and get rid of Bobby Kotick in a very public way, I'd do it.
1: Oh, yes. That would be worth it just, just to do that. <laughs> just to get rid of that motherfucker all oh, that infuriates yeah. me in so many ways
2: well that but uh, it's interesting to watch all these people that uh, were all fuck blizzard fuck blizzard oh but I see you playing overwatch 2 demo ain't it it's like hmm <sighs> guess I don't want so far huh
1: views though <laughs>
2: I got to sleep at night.
1: Yeah. 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 And and even even so, like I've I I for the sake of some kind of semblance of trying to understand how and why Overwatch 2 exists. I like watched some footage of the beta and I was just like, "So it's Overwatch, but you added a campaign mode to it."
0: Yeah, I seen stills and it looks the same. So I was like, am I really gonna click on it? like I I don't know. I I was never an Overwatch person for real, for real. So mm-hmm.
1: I I I love um, Overwatch.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm a very casual person. I've got some merch, but I've also got friends who worked on the game. Mm-hmm. So it's the, you know, at least for like Overwatch and, and Diablo 4, whenever it's out, it's that. We know the company as an entity ain't shit, mm-hmm. but goes back to there are human beings who make the game that ain't did nothing wrong. That part. they still got to get up and go to work while their whole office life is scrutinized in the court of public right. opinion. Mm-hmm. And it's like my buddy who's on Diablo 4, because somebody was like, well, why don't you just quit? Because he's like, I'd have to literally leave the country. Right. Easy. I'm on a visa.
1: Right, mm. And beyond that, just quitting is a little bit harder for some people, depending on what their financial situation is. Right, Like I've even known people myself included who have been hired or commissioned or worked on some like crazy products, phenomenal stuff. But when it comes to like getting, a, uh, another job outside of a very specific thing, it, it can become very difficult. Cause then you get kind of pigeonholed into that and
2: it, that, yeah.
1: And, and there's Some another. People want, go ahead.
2: Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead.
1: Uh, there's another layer to it that a lot of people don't fully understand as well. Where there are sometimes NDAs that are written that lock you into a situation where you're screwed if you do, screwed if you don't, type of thing. But it's way worse if you, you know go against this NDA or go against this particular group of people. Um,
0: or even contracts that that won't allow you to make moves to other studios yeah right for a finite amount of time mm-hmm. so um and in, in this climate right now too just just the way you know prices are going up it's it's very difficult to to sit here and say yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna quit something
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, i have to take
1: my whole family's you know, relying on this income
0: Right. For your family.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that, but it's also the, the moral purity test of how dare you work for evil company. Right. I I right. get that a lot with D&D because mm. there are people who hate Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm. cool. You Here's my PayPal. You going to make up that money I'd make if I stopped doing all these shows?
1: <laughs> right. Right. You know, a lot of people don't realize, too, that a, a, a surprising number of companies who, who have become successful have done so at the expense of some really fucked up shit
0: oh i mean it, it, it's usually those higher companies too mm-hmm. for sure
2: yeah and it's like we also just need people to remember that companies ain't your friend it'll never be your friend
1: mm-hmm. right.
2: there and, are people uh, in know, those
1: companies that will be your friend but not right. that company like, entity as a whole <laughs>
2: Right, like I got a lot of friends who work at Twitch, but I will—you ain't gonna catch me out here talking about bleed purple. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh my god! Oh,
2: yeah, I said it.
1: No, you said it, and it's—it's—it's resonating so much because it's. I'm sure many of you who are on Twitch here understand and know like what leaked and what got found out about what they're planning to do with partner contracts and with their platform. Basically, TLDR more ads for y'all to watch through, even if you are subscribed less money for creators. Cause they're getting rid of any of their 70, 30 split contracts and going all to 50, 50. And um, the one good thing is that they're trying to get rid of, they are possibly getting rid of their ex- exclusivity clause, which is honestly, oh, a, mm. it's better for Twitch that they do that in general, because based on the data that I've seen, Viewership on Twitch has gone down over the last yeah. three years, like significantly.
2: Well, you know, two things that one, once they get rid of that exclusivity, a lot of people are gonna jump ship if they can go to YouTube. I feel like they're gonna jump. And uh the people that do have those seventy thirty splits, if they can go to YouTube and get a contract, it's not just gonna be Lupo and Tim the Man jumping.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh yes.
2: Because, like, while Twitch is not the main source of my income, it's a part of my income.
1: Mm-hmm. And to take 30% out of that, if, depending on what the split is between you and Twitch, like, that's significant.
2: Yeah, but the way but I read that article, and it's positive, like, everybody gets 70-30, and a very small number of people get that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So this split isn't going to affect like almost all the streamers. It's going to be that small majority that does have a 70-30.
1: Which they will likely, you know, a, a lot of the other contracts from other, um, competing streaming platforms are non-exclusive. So what they might end up doing is signing a contract with YouTube or Facebook gaming and still make content on Twitch, uh, except mm-hmm. now more people are going to be aware that they also make content on Twitch. So. I hear what you're saying though, because that means like, all right, some people might get into exclusive contracts with them because now they can. But I right,
2: think- or it's gonna be like, oh, YouTube's going to give me X amount every month as long as I stream so many number of hours, mm-hmm. no matter what I do, and mm-hmm. I got I know I got a paycheck. Deuces.
1: Right. I almost feel like Amazon is trying to get rid of Twitch.
4: I you
2: think
1: so. They haven't been making
2: not- money
4: off
1: of Twitch.
2: No, I know that. <laughs> you know, while it is, while it does make them a lot of money, I mean, we all have had viewership drops.
1: Oh, yeah. No matter
2: what the content is. Oh,
1: yeah. Everyone has. <laughs>
2: it's been noticeable.
1: It's been wild.
2: So, if I, if I can get some fresh eyes on my content on YouTube, and I can do so, and mm. double dip, or even... You know, I can stream to two platforms at once and YouTube pays me better, I might think about it. But I've also got like a whole RPG show I gotta think about. So Mm -hmm. not everybody can just jump ship, just not like everybody can leave Twitter. Right. Because that's where I do most of my business or get most of my
1: connections. Right. 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 Ooh, it's it's some it's some real interesting times we live in right now. I will tell you that right now it is, mm-hmm. It is wild, but um, it is time we've been <laughs> we've been podcasting for a while here. I want to respect both of y'all's times, but uh, I feel like there there was more that we could talk about, but I feel like it, this is this is a good way to wrap it up. Um, before I let y'all go. My only request is that you let the blind folks back at home or in their car or wherever they are listening or watching this, let them know where they can find you. So let's start with you, Tanya. Uh,
2: I'm everywhere online as Cypher of Tyr, C-Y-P-H-E-R-O-F-T-Y-R, uh, May 29th at 12 p.m. Central. Revels of Waterdeep comes back for our thirteenth season. Uh, Jackson is our DM, um, and if you like horror in your D anD D, on Thursday nights at six p.m. Central, uh, leading into Critical Role Black Dice Society. Uh, I'm on there. DJ Knight is on there. Mark Meer, the voice of Commander Shepard, and uh, B. Dave Walters is our DM, and we've got uh, some guests. Jasons Carl, who works at you know, works at Rungate who puts out Vampire the Masquerade. We've got uh Becca Scott, uh Sage Ryan and Nora Ibrahim. And that is Thursdays, every Thursday unless something happens or we're traveling for three hours. And then whenever my internet acts right, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> probably tomorrow, I will uh I'll try to get in some more citizen sleeper or uh if I can get my office and One Piece. Maybe stream some more 3D printing.
1: Nice. I like it. And uh, once again, let me know how uh, your your cannibalist adventures go tonight.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it'll have to be a text message, though.
1: Yes. (laughs) Uh, Audio lover, where can they go to find more of you?
0: Hold on, hold on. But I didn't hear none of this
2: um, into the motherlands. Oh, well, what, what, uh, what? into the motherlands right now. We are on hold until we get info from Twitch for a more stream show. But while we were live, uh, our art director, Pleasantly Twisted, put an update out. So go, if you can check out, out on Kickstarter.
1: Hey, perfect. there we go. Loved it. A perfect timing. Wow. Wow. All
4: right.
0: Uh, I am The Audio Lover. You can find me at The Audio Lover um, on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, I make content on YouTube as well as Twitch about gaming, GTA, uh, PS5, and Stargate. So, um, yeah, definitely Stargate. Definitely a lot of Stargate. You're going to find a lot of Stargate on my YouTube um, here on out people because cool. I just love Stargate. But um also about gaming as well. So um yeah just hit me up. Uh the audio lover, a living organism vibrantly expressing reality. Shout out to the BTC. Love y'all.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, both of you, for being here and for sharing your insight, wisdom, and time with this community. Um been a while since i've done a podcast and this is a great way to get back into it so i'm really happy with how today's show went and number 100 yes 100th episode we got to have what? cypher tear on for that so i'm really happy about that and Yay. make sure you all go follow them uh, give them your love and support in everything that they do and I will catch you all on the next podcast, which, uh, if all goes well, will be next Thursday. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for yeah. being here. And. Uh, end.